welcome back to The Suspense is Killing Us. I'm your co-host, Kevin Clark, across the table from me, as usual. Travis Vogt. Uh, and per usual, as the kids say, caddy corner to both of us. Matt Lynch. There he is. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> we were just talking about pizza. We were talking and about pizza. I'm, I think fucking, we, I'm fucking hungry. Oh, now, now I want a pizza. Matt and Kevin were talking about a pizza for a good 15 minutes there, and honestly, I've never been so proud of them. <laughs> I, I was like, I, they were talking about pizza, and then I had to go to the bathroom for kind of a while, and I came back, they were still talking about pizza, and yeah. I was like, God bless this I got guy. like a yeah. tight five about the Domino's Pizza <laughs> online delivery system or ordering system. It's a nightmare. It's apparently, yeah, if you can't- It's very can't, elaborate, but it won't. there's certain things it just won't do. You'll die if you eat that pan I'll die crust if I now. eat that pan crust now, yeah. That's sad because the pan crust is delicious that's my favorite crust but they, i can't have cheese i can't have any dairy it's very lethal to me my problem with the pan crust is it costs extra and i don't believe that that's i don't believe yeah. that's right it can't be it can't take that much i worked in pizza before it can't it's not that doesn't take that much longer yeah. to make a pa- fucking pan crust you guys were just talking about the the dominoes in the u district and how they keep like fucking things they're like nice folks but they keep fucking stuff up yeah. i have a question for you <laughs> do you think that is now part of the brand <laughs> that they fuck shit <laughs> that up they have to fuck shit up because they talk about it in their commercials all the time do uh, they? Yeah, that was the, that was this ad campaign has been that around the pizza for, insurance thing. No, no, this is what this is what's still going on. But like, not for, the Noid. No, no, no. For like ten years, the Domino's was like on their way out. They were about to go out of business right. because people didn't like them, and they were like, "We've heard what you've said about Domino's that we suck." This is oh, real, yeah. real oh, yeah, serious yeah, commercials, yeah, yeah. and we want you to know that we're trying to do better. And they're still doing that. I, there's, yeah. there's a Domino's that's pizza commercial there. on TV where they're like, where it'll be like, that's what the pizza insurance thing is all about. Yeah. And they're like, we know that Domino's, we can't figure out how to fucking do this. And so we came up with pizza insurance. So when we inevitably fuck up your order, it'll be fine. We'll take care of it. It's gonna happen. And then, they, and then it shows a series of people like writing like fuck ups. This is in the commercial for Domino's like where it's like tweeting out the and toppings stuff. wrong or the pizza. pizza Pizza never came. There yeah, was a rat weird. on my pizza. <laughs> there was a living rat on my pizza, and he and he spat at me. And then they're like, <laughs> "Pizza rat." But that's like what Domino's has been doing for like ten years. Yeah. And, and huh. if, I'm, if I'm being honest, I love it they're, because yeah. because it's worked. They have decent pizza, the, the really good prices. They never fuck up my order. And the Domino's pizza that's in the Ballard area, I love. Yeah, filled with wonderful, interesting people who seem to actually like working at Domino's. I, uh, have you noticed though? No matter what they're doing, it's not only pizza. is it working for you personally, mm-hmm. but they've squeezed out the Pizza Hut and the Papa John's in the same neighborhood. Like you can't get those around Good. here anymore. Fuck them. Hey, I I wouldn't be able to tell you the difference. I don't know how Pizza Hut has great breadsticks. So. I don't know how evil yeah. Pizza Hut is, but Papa John's is evil. Papa John's I totally guess evil. Shaq's yeah. in charge now, so they're not as bad. But right. uh, Pizza Hut can't be evil. Book it. Remember Book it? No, <laughs> you guys didn't have Book it. What's was the deal it? where it's like you you when you're in school and you get like the uh, you have it's like you read a certain number of books and then you like get a star from your teacher or whatever for each one and then you take it to Pizza Hut and you get like a this free is pan how they, pizza. This is how they tricked you into learning to read, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> didn't work. No, I was all. But what was the thing was it was a sucker's game because I was already reading a lot. Yeah, I was already jokes reading on a you. Lot. I'm already very jokes, literate. Jokes on you. I'm getting more free pizzas. The other the other dumber kids in my class they didn't get any free pizzas. Kevin was reading <laughs> Tropic of Cancer in the third grade. Sexus, <laughs> Plexus, Nexus, and Sexus, the trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> I read the Hoblet trilogy in like third grade. <laughs> the Hoblet trilogy. Oh, oh, man. Is that what we're calling it now? Yeah, that's what it's called now, as far as I'm concerned. Why not? Um, yeah. Anyway. For more on the Hoblet trilogy. <laughs> but my family was a Domino's family, and so I'm glad to see oh, that really? that business has come back and is making okay pizza at re- at pretty decent prices. We were a Little Caesars family when Little Caesars came to town. Before that, we were 
I think a lot of times it was Pizza Hut. And then Little Caesars was great because it was cheap. And Little Caesars a lot of pizza. Yeah. But Little Caesars had like a resurgence and now they're gone again. There were re- their Little Caesars, they were gone. And then for like five years there, they were everywhere again. And it was heaven because you get like a fucking five. I get like just swing by, get a $5 pizza on my way home from work. And I'm like, this is perfect. And then they all they all closed up. There's like a few on the outskirts of town. And maybe if you live in the Midwest, you can get a Little Caesars easy. You, remember know. that time we went to a Little Caesars in Prague, and there was a guy that told us we couldn't take pictures inside? That's right. <laughs> like yeah. some fucking mafia dude was in there. Yeah, he like kicked us out. It was kind of scary for a my second. Family <laughs> was, my family liked Papa John's, but the best part about me ordering pizza when I was a kid was my parents would order us a pizza, and they would just get cheese on it. And I would be like, well, what am I going to eat? And they're like, they just like my mom would take the pizza and like pick the pepperonis and the cheese off and just give me the bread on the side. <laughs> Yeah, I had a great childhood. Oh, Jesus I love, Christ. I love the, the Europe uh, pizza, uh, Little Caesar story in particular because we shot, we brought a camera over there and shot a bunch of like, We shot video in the fucking Vatican, but they like, wouldn't let us take pictures of the pro- that's Little Caesars. That's what I'm Caesars. saying. They, they were like, yeah, bring your camera in the Vatican. We don't give a shit. And then they're like, this is a Little Caesars. Get out. Yeah, what the fuck? We don't want you finding out the secret of our twisty bread. It was very weird. And well, the Vatican like, has better the better security for their sex trafficking. Little yeah. Caesars in Prague, not so good. And they, they, sent, they let us play with St. Peter's Bones at, uh, <laughs> at the Vatican. We were doing a little vin- like a little puppet them? act. Yeah, you, 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 guys, you were playing them like a fake little flute. I was like, "Can I pick up this bone?" And they were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Do you guys remember though at the Little Good Caesars? It, it wasn't <laughs> like ago. it wasn't like the pizza. It wasn't the people working the Little Caesars. That no, it was, a, it was like a fucking. It was big, a security was like guard a su- in a suit with a gun. Yeah, who was Jesus just who Christ. was I guess the security guard of that Little Caesars? It was weird. You don't know what it's like. In Prague, in a Little Caesars, <laughs> oh, I take it H- hordes of hordes of Czech people trying to get in at all times. <laughs> Former Eastern Bloc countries, yeah. Pizza oh, shoots. I take you. it back. We were a Godfather's Pizza uh, family. Godfather's mm, Pizza. That's a you shame. can't find those anywhere. I had one Godfather's in South Dakota. I had one in South Dakota this past yeah, yeah. summer. Okay, cool. Because I was there the, when I drove around the country like ten years ago. There were a bunch in like Minnesota. All I really know about Godfather's Pizza was that it's like Godfather is the was the mascot, yeah. and then they'd have these commercials. And you know how famous the Godfather is a famous character in movies who's <laughs> right. like I'm the Godfather. And then they and they, <laughs> they had, had him, a guy. He'd be, like, he'd be like Oh, do it. And he was and he's like, talked like Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> and he had like a big hat on. He didn't look anything like. The Godfather. I tell you, come on down and get some of my pizza. Oh, oh I get no respect for how good my pizza is. And then a, Don't guy, and then a guy would whack him every time. You at know, the end like of the, the Godfather. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield's the Godfather. Come down here and get some pizza before my brains get blown out. Oh, <laughs> oh I've had a lot of trouble with my family. Oh, hey, you're all right. Oh, relax, relax. I watched some of uh, Meet Wally Sparks on cable this week, speaking of Rodney Dangerfield. Good. Oh, good, good movie. I don't think I've seen that one. Ra- ratings for Wally Sparks. Five Judds. Wow. Wow. How many Douglases? <laughs> a lot. Surprising, <laughs> a surprising amount. Let me tell you a thing about the uh, this Rodney Dangerfield, this guy that he plays, presumably loosely based on his own life. He's uncouth. Wow. <laughs> A little maybe bucking, bucking the status quo a bit. A, you know, my favorite joke that I saw of it was he's, he's hitting on this lady and she says, I'm sorry, I don't enjoy casual sex. And he goes, oh, it won't be casual. I'll keep my tie on. <laughs> I love classic. Right, we're, really, uh, we're really taking a while to get into it, but I do love one of my favorite things about just all of movies and life in general is Rodney Dangerfield's way late in life career renaissance oh, because it meant a like weird looking bug eyed 64 year old man was like raising children with a young wife in movies like I'm trying to get a promotion at the job and you're like you're an old man <laughs> what are you t- I'm trying to climb the ladder with my business <laughs> you're not 30 you're oh. like 70 back to school is good back to school is great yeah. I got two young children 
We're all gonna yeah. get laid. Uh, speaking of uh, right. speaking of the, of malice. <laughs> speaking of Alec Baldwin. <laughs> speaking of the comedy stylings of Aaron Sorkin. Uh, let's get into today's uh, the bad bad ones. Bad 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 Baldwin's bad ones. Alec 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 Baldwin. Alec Badman. Uh, we're doing today. We got like uh, three. We got three. We got three <laughs> bad Baldwin's. We got, they're not bad movies. Bad Baldwin's makes it seem like they're all. Anyway, uh, we're doing Malice from 1993, The Juror from 1996, and Heaven's Prisoners, also from 1996. He yeah. was busy that year. Yeah, two movies. This <laughs> is uh, this watching these movies, um, and I kind of knew this in general, but it's it's a weird feeling to have about a guy who has had a uh, spotty public record as a human being for pretty much his whole life, uh, but especially in the last like ten years or whatever it is, where I'm I'm just watching this and going like, God damn it. Alec Baldwin kind of fucking rules. Yeah, I'm with you. He's, I mean, like these are all these are all from the '90s, is before he got old or like put on. He's put very on the good looking and in all he's these movies. So handsome, think, yeah. and his voice yeah. is so fucking awesome. And he's, oh, man. So, and in two he's of these movies, good. he is delightful. I, I would argue. Two, that I think is, in two of these, he is he is he is great, and in one of them, he's like amusingly he's terrible. Spotty. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if we're thinking mm. the same one. Though. I think I think he's really good in. Malice. He is a lot of fun to watch in yeah. a tough role in Heaven's Prisoners. He oh. is miscast in, and in the Juror, it's bad, but it is so fun. I think he's, he's fun. fun. In, in he- Juror in, is a bad movie, but I think he's in, very fun. I think in, in Heaven's Prisoners is the one I liked him the least in because, and part of it's because in that one he's. I think I think Baldwin is better as the bad guy. I, I'm with you. 100%. My, fa- my favorite performance, Baldwin performance by far, is uh, Miami Blues. And he's like just a weird fucking bad yeah. guy in that, and he's hilarious. Yeah. And uh, he's in Malice and Jury. You see that guy, and then mm. in Heaven's Prisoners, it's like he's such a he's such a a, a downer that I was just right. like, uh, and and his accent is very spotty. I'm with you. Yeah. His accent is like I'm from New Orleans when I say certain words, and then other times I just sound like fucking Alec Baldwin. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I totally agree, but I like all the Scott Frank dialogue and the ch- and shit yeah, yeah. that he has to say in Heaven's Prisoners. Uh, the Scott Frank dialogue he gets to say in Malice, in Malice too. too. And <laughs> both uh, Scott Frank had a uh, Scott Frank co-wrote both of them. So yeah. oh wow, probably he rewrote. Both of them. Yeah. Probably Sorkin originated Malice, and then yeah. this this person named Harley Payton did uh, Heaven's Prisoners, and he probably rewrote that. Yeah. Before we get too deep into this, let's just jump into let's jump into the Malice, first one. Malice is going to take some description because it's a bit convoluted. It's stupidly convoluted, but it's also I, this was my favorite of the three. Oh, for sure. The power to heal can be an enormous thing. To save a life, to get blood flowing into cells. If a person can do that, such a person would think that he could do anything. The power to heal can be like a drug. Turns out that your hospital has a new surgeon, this whiz kid from Mass General. So I went back to introduce myself. Are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. We went to high school together. Speak of the devil. The devil appears. I mean, he walks into the elevator and he thinks he's God's gift. What's your problem with this guy? I mean, he's smart, he's funny, and he's a brilliant doctor. We could even ask him to recommend another doctor for you. Please tell me you didn't say anything to Jed. Please tell me you didn't share my problems with him. What the hell are you doing in here? Directed by Harold Becker from a script by the great... 
allegedly great Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> the once He's, great Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin uh, is looking in a mirror right now, calling himself the great Aaron Sorkin. I'm, I'm Aaron, super Aaron into this Sorkin movie. Is a is a wild mixed bag because he's done stuff that I really love, and he's also done some of the most embarrassing writing in the history of the, the written word. He's done stuff that I um that I loved, and then watched some more of his stuff. Kind of grew tired of Aaron Sorkin. Went back and watched again, and didn't like at all. Oh yeah, like did, did you have that problem with Sports Night? Where, I did. Because I, I loved Sports Night, and then the newsroom it. happened, Sports, and I went back and Sports watched Night Sports Night. Was Night. so fucking good. I I was blown. It was on this. I remember that mm-hmm. and Freaks and Geeks were on at the same time, and I felt like I was the only person watching right. either of those shows. And I was like, I loved the dialogue in Sports Night. It's so fucking fast, and it's that fucking hallway walking, and then. Like some stuff happened. Then I watched the newsroom, and I'm like, I'm gonna go back and watch Sports Night and see if I like it. Whoops. It might have even been Studio 60 even before. Yeah, might have been. And I went back and watched Sports Night, and was like, I don't like this anymore, and I hated that feeling. I was like, yeah. fuck this thing that I loved, and I'm like, ugh. And no, I never Sports was Night able, is kind of unwatchable. I was never now. able to get into the West Wing, so. But I think all three of us went through the experience of hate watching the newsroom all the way through. If uh, I'm not I mean, mistaken, hate, I haven't ever watched all of it, but I did hate, watch the ending. Hate with, just isn't the right word. <laughs> I mean, I know that you guys, I guess, hated it more than I, and I would not defend an ounce of it. It's objectively bad, mm-hmm. but uh, it has this this frisson, this like crackle that I absolutely adored because it's so full of shit. It's so full of shit and completely earnest. At no point does he like drop his cards or let you in on a joke because there isn't one. It's just he believe it's a t- totally a mouthpiece every character every plot development everything in it is just Aaron Sorkin's unfiltered opinion about everything and it's the most kind of glorious misguided garbage the fucking ghost dad episode oh god oh my god well, it, it, <laughs> there's so many great things in he, that show my favorite thing about that show was that it like came out in the first season i think people were excited about it and then it had all these like sorkinian like yeah. weaknesses oh, he has a lot of strengths i think he can write some really crackling funny 100%, dialogue yeah. it usually works better in movies because a lot of these movies are either leavened by a powerful director or another writer who's kind of in there to like polish it or an but actor. a lot of these shows yeah. they were like you're a genius aaron sorkin just do, do the whatever show. you want give us your un Give us unvarnished Aaron Sorkin, and you sh- probably shouldn't. You there probably shouldn't be unvarnished Aaron Sorkin. Well, you know, he directed Molly's Game, which was quite good. It's okay. I liked it. And it's, it, it's not great, but it was good. But the newsroom, he did like the like. If that guess. movie had been a, if, first of all, it's based on a true story, which is why it's about a woman. But if it had been an Aaron Sorkin original script, it would have been about a man. Yep. And it would have been terrible. He'd been making <laughs> that woman better. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but the newsroom had the the first couple seasons, and people and you know, everyone was like sort of slowly dawning on everyone, like this is a piece of shit. We're bad, excited right? about this, and it's bad for these reasons. And it's, and Sorkin, who seems to kind of lack a, a certain self awareness, he has, like in the yeah. third season just went like, "Fuck you guys, I'm going to do that even more." Yeah. yeah. And so the third season, in, in, it was like more mansplaining, mm-hmm. and to the point where in the I think is the last episode or the second to last episode, the character yeah, Jim, Jim mansplains to three women in yeah. a row. It's like a marathon of man. And one of those women it goes up to him and goes like, "You need to go find her and mansplain to her to yes. fix her." She like I mean, that's not the exact dialogue, but that's like pretty much. It's like one of the women that he mansplained to was like, "That's great, thanks for mansplaining to me. You need to go do that to her because she's going to kill herself." For something. Incident <laughs> is the one where they find out that Bin Laden has been. Oh, killed. it's legendary. God, it's so fucking. Someone was good. sharing that on uh, Twitter recently. It was like the anniversary of that episode yeah. or something. It's so fucking good. <laughs> 
Okay. It's just yeah, oh. you're right. Maybe hate isn't the right word because I do watch that and it's I glorious. and it is the worst thing that you'll ever see. But I'm, I have a huge grin on my I've face. I've seen it before multiple times and it just popped up in my Twitter feed. I watch it and my jaw dropped again. It's the close up of like the of like the stripes on the pilot's <laughs> yeah. on the pilot's sleeve. And just like oh, God bless those boys in the sky or something. Unbelievable! I think it would be really yeah. great if he was do- delivering that to like a milkman. If the, if he was doing that, and he looked at like the milkman's the stripes on the milkman's sleeve, and was like, "Sir," and he like salutes yeah. him, and we uh, we your president has killed Osama bin Laden with his bare hands. And and you know, it, this is a tangent, but it's relevant because not just because Sorkin co-wrote this movie or originated this story, but because. It's very heavily involved with like the self-aggrandizement and expertise, an unquestionable expertise of one of its characters. Yeah. yeah. Like he's the villain of the piece in a way, but the Alec Baldwin character is absolutely a Sorkin mouthpiece. Oh, oh yeah. for oh, real. Oh yeah. I mean I mean also like it's fun because he has he actually there is some like cleverness to that character yeah. in this because it turns out he's not completely the bad guy. The bad guy, yeah. the he's, villain really. He and he is, but he is so far up his own ass that he can't he's like yeah. one of those guys where you go like oh this guy is so smart and you're like oh actually he's too smart for his own good yeah like yeah. at a certain point in this movie like spoiler like, alert nicole kidman <laughs> is evil incarnate yeah she's well seen- like all women in aaron sorkin's universe <laughs> uh, it's safe to say that aaron sorkin has some issues in that regard issues with women He's uh. not aware of it, or at least he doesn't think that he does, no. but he does. Well, it's, uh, it keeps on coming up in his movies and TV well, shows. Let's, let's, let's do, get let's started. Let's do the plot of Malice real quick, <laughs> uh, if we Bill can. Pullman and Nicole Kidman. Bill Pullman is the dean at a small college mm-hmm. in New England. Nicole Kidman is his wife. He was a school teacher. He was a school teacher. It's important. She loves children. She loves kids. She's an angel. Yeah. Uh, they're trying to get pregnant. A beautiful angel that just wants to have children and start a, a wholesome white family. She loves children. And uh, they get a tenant in their big house, uh, the new doctor in town. Well, which he runs he runs into him at the hospital because yeah. there's a serial rapist slash murderer. Oh, yeah. that's, that's the other half of the first like, half of the that's movie. That's like uh, attacking... Um, students. Yeah, and, kills Gwyneth Paltrow so, at the beginning so of the movie. Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, he kills her later on in the movie. Yeah, he, he attacks it's a girl at the very. Fairly, he attacks you know. a girl at the very beginning, and oh, Bill right. Pullman goes to the hospital and he talks to a very, uh, a very Boston accented uh, Bibi Newworth. Yeah. Oh my God, he's and, a cop. Uh, who's a cop, and he's talking to her, and he's the dean, and he's going, "How can this keep happening? It's all this stuff." And then he runs into Baldwin, Doctor Jed Hill, who just, who just saved this girl's life. Right. He like just saved her in the operating room, and is that and the scene where he yells at the guy? He he yelled, He talks to him. It's the guy goes. Up, it's uh, the guy. It's talking to him in the locker room, and he's like, he's like, if he's you like ever, I'm the new guy around here. He's yeah. like, I'm the new guy. I got, got it. It's I got it right here. If he's you like, ever again tell me that we're gonna lose a patient, I'm gonna take out your lungs with a fucking ice cream scoop. Yeah. And then the guy's like, I'm not gonna like you, am I? And he's like, Everybody likes me. Yeah. He's very, he's very fun in this movie. Um, and so uh, but good. but he Th- runs. This is into, the thing that he does in in these first two movies that yeah. I think we're gonna talk about, where he's playing a bad guy, where he he has like evil, sinister thing, and then he snaps to like that twinkling smile yeah. in like a split so second, good. and yeah. it is fucking hysterical and wonderful yeah. every time he does it. It's great. That's why and I he love gets him. to have none of that fun in Heaven's Prisoners, where he's yeah. playing a straight different character. fun for me. But yeah, it's, well, that's yeah. what he's like. In that's why in, it's in Miami Blues is a similar type of thing where he's like this yeah. kind of a scary guy who kills people, and then also is like, ha, what? But I'm cra- I'm fun too. 
I had a smile. I want to get to the. I want to go back to Bibi Newworth because I kind of felt a little bit bad for her. There's <laughs> this movie takes place in Boston, and and I always wonder how this happens because like a lot of movies are set in Boston, and then uh, everybody always wants to do the Boston accent. Nobody can do it. Yeah. Everybody always wants to do it. It's always embarrassing, but it still happens. And I, I always wonder if that originates with the director or the actor themselves wants to do it. Right. In this movie, most of the people don't have Boston accents nope. except for three characters, and Bibi Newworth has a. She's both of them. Up, yeah. Fucked up gnarly Boston accent, and she's yeah. the only one. Yeah, and I and I because so when she when she's like talking to Bill Pullman, she's don't get pissy with me, Professor. I don't have the manpower <laughs> to break up a frat party. And and and, and, you're, and but nobody else is talking like this. And you, have to, and you have to wonder if like she, the director, was like, "You have a Boston accent because you're a cop." Yeah. And then she was like, right. "I guess I'll do this ridiculous thing." And then she saw the movie, and it was only her doing it. <laughs> right. And she was like, "What the fuck? Yeah, I look like a clown in this movie." Nobody, nobody else in any of those scenes are. Alec Baldwin's like, "I'm not doing an accent." Yeah. And Bill a, Pullman's like, "I can't do an accent." I think the and Nicole uh, Kidman's like, "I have an accent, and I'm, tr- I'm trying, trying to cover my hardest it up. just I'm to really be fucking my, American." My damnedest not to let it out, not not to say didgeridoo every now. Again, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like the janitor who ends up being the serial killer, and also one of the more superfluous. He saw Jigsaw. Tobin Jigsaw. Bell. Uh, has an uh, has an accent, yeah. and then the old lady has an accent, and it's just the and Bancroft and Bancroft and Bancroft, some fucking, old lady, fucking great, just some nobody. <laughs> uh, but so anyway, Bill, uh, Bill Pullman runs into Alec Baldwin right after he saved the student's life. He went in to thank him, and he goes, "We went, I know each other. You went to high school together." Yeah, and he uh, through some stuff, he ends up moving into their. You house. were all you were really popular, and I was some nobody. You probably didn't know who I was. Nicole Kidman is not happy with him no. moving in. She's like, "You just meet this guy." Suspiciously, when you think about it, suspiciously. Yeah, she. Well, she once, once Do you once remember the, when, happens, when she sees? Him at the house, she goes. What are you doing here? Uh huh. Hint. Yes. And then, and then there's a scene where Alec Baldwin has moved in, and, and it's also interesting because he's always going, "I'm the best doctor in the world." And yeah. there's few. Be- and you're like, "Why do you need to rent a room at someone's house?" Right. And doctors famously have lots of money, especially the really good surgeons. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, you mean he's not moving into the the sleeping with the enemy town where you can get a brand new house for like a fifty <laughs> bucks and a, and a couple of apples. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm the best surgeon in the country. Is there a place that I can rent for seven seventy five? I'm really hard up here. Yeah, Look, it's know. New England. They don't have anything. Yeah. <laughs> People have um, lived there for so long, there's few places to live left. So then he's just a great surgeon. They yeah. hang out, and Bill, Bill Pullman and him are buddy buddy. Do you remember, the, do you remember the part where he shows up, at, and, and somebody and Bill Pullman's like, speak of the devil. He's talking about something else, and Alec Baldwin shows up, and he goes, and the devil appears. And the devil appears. The devil appears. Yeah. I'm the real bad guy in this movie. Yeah. And that's a, a fun thing about the movie, so is that God. it's telegraphing that Alec Baldwin is like 100%. sinister, and then that's a, that turns it's out definitely to be setting, something of a red herring. definitely setting up that he might be the rapist. He, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. And he's yeah. and he's also uh, then he's and then he's like living in the house and he's loud yeah. fucking and Nicole Kidman does not like it yeah. at all. And you're like, for why, reasons, is, why is Nicole Kidman and so pissed about this? A significant portion of the first quarter of this movie, you think that it is about a serial rapist. You think that that is the story that you're about to be told. Yeah, it's not. They actually nope. there's actually a whole the whole thing and they get like they think Bill Pullman's a suspect at some point and so they're because like, they're his students. They're his students and he did he like went to Gwyneth Paltrow's house. He was she was a bad student and he went to see her because she wasn't answering. She was supposed to be at this meeting and that's a great scene where she's, he has a meeting with Gwyneth Paltrow in his office and it's an, like an immediate. It's like the movie's been on for ten or twelve minutes and it's already like a scene where Aaron Sorkin is totally dismissive of a young woman. It's amazing. <laughs> He's like, this. you're not smart enough or ambitious enough. Get out of my office. Don't come back. No, that's that's Alec Baldwin. you got to do a Pullman. I can't do Pullman. Yeah, um, yeah well, really, what's the difference? They're both uh, doing whispery things. Yeah. He's more. He's nicer. He's like, hey. Corodium uh, and uh, uh, Malgorium. 
Alec is the alpha whisperer, and Bill Pullman is a beta whisperer. <laughs> yeah, so he whispers more like this. Um, uh, you know, what um, uh, are you doing? What uh, maybe are you Bill, maybe doing? Bill Pullman has a bit more of a rasp is there, to him. Um, some kind of malice going on here. What no. uh, what uh, no kind malice. of malice is uh, going on here? There's an absence of malice. It's fine. Use Ooh. the use the. I'm Schwartz. your friend. The Schwartz. Hey, what would you do? I'm a prince. <laughs> There's a scene where Bill Pullman and Alec Baldwin are, hang, are hanging out at a bar, and Alec Baldwin's clearly got an alcohol problem, and he's a carouser, and then he's kind of like, so and, and Bill Pullman has just witnessed, has just found dead Gwyneth Paltrow, yeah. and uh, and that's very that's a bad day yeah. <laughs> for anybody, even if it's a person you don't know, and he's at the bar, and he's like, eh, get over it, you'll be fine, and then <laughs> and so you're like, that's, all the time. that's an he, interesting he goes, stance. He I remember the first dead body I saw. It sucked, but you know, you, wanna, you get past it. You want to hear about it? And he's like, no, no, really. You get past it. And then he's like, let me ask you a question. Uh, would you cut off one of your fingers for a million dollars? And then he's like, I 100% hmm. would, by the way. And, and but Because you, he says I cut off my, but this he is goes, I cut off my right arm for a million dollars. And Alec Baldwin goes, would, would you, you really? Would, oh what, cut off your right arm for a million dollars? He's like, no. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do my arm. I'd lose a and finger for a million dollars. He's just like, bucks. what a, what a finger, yeah, like, do we get to choose the fingers, that, that, like a pinky or what, yeah. whatever? If we get to choose the finger, absolutely. For a million I, I, dollars? You know what, you could pick one. Really? It's a million dollars. Can I pick a thumb? Sure. You, I think I think you're right. I what mean, am I going to do? What, what am I going to, yeah. Not, you know what? I'm for that kind of money, I can get somebody to do anything I couldn't do with that thumb anymore. I hire a person to do all my thumb work. Exactly. This guy's my right thumb man. Yeah. <laughs> His name's Travis Vote. <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah, yeah he'll get, do it. Get, get, get some, some of that money. Wet, wet my beak a little yeah. bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working for Matt Lynch. I'm doing all of his thumb I work. I do his thumb work. Uh, gross. <laughs> yeah, some of it is gross. <laughs> hey, a surprising got, amount. I still got one thumb. I mean, you're doing my two thumb work. Yeah, it's his double thumb work. Anything yeah. you need double th- dub thumbs for. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so Alec Baldwin is—he's like—he's being a scamp. He's a little bit drunk, and, and he's—and then Bill Pullman's like, "Would you?" Bill Pullman says, "No, I wouldn't," even though he desperately needs money. And then Alec Baldwin's kind of like, mm, "Nah, I wouldn't. I'm just kidding." Ha-ha. And but you—you you know that this what, like what is this conversation really about? Yeah. And you sort of find out it is a bit of a metaphor for what Alec Baldwin was willing to sacrifice for money. It's not a metaphor. It's like <laughs> he's well, talking about it. He's—he's he's specifically. I guess referencing Nicole Kidman it. is willing to give up. Well, that, o- an ovary, and more or so, both ovaries. That's of what them. he's talking about because later, it turns out she's pregnant. So well, that that's is, true. But Nicole, but before but, that, but Alec yeah. Baldwin's talking but, about himself, and Nicole Kidman is a psychopath, right? Before that, uh, though, spoiler. before any, before any of that, uh, there's a serial rapist yeah. slash murderer, and uh, so they think Bill Pullman might be the guy. So he goes into uh, give, give to give a DNA give a, sample, give a DNA sample, sperm, so he, he jerks sperm off, sample, jerks yeah, off into sample. a jug, into a jar. <laughs> I thought I, I know we. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I thought this was very funny. Where like where they're going, like we think that you might be a killer. We need you to jerk off into this cup. <laughs> yeah, like I'm at, that is real pressure right there. Like I don't know if I'd be able to if I have the cops going like you're in big trouble. Yeah, you might spend the rest of your I life know. in jail. Now jerk, now I get am, it up and bring it to completion. So not we can... feeling very bonery right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I gotta do, admit, do what you gotta I, gotta, do. I gotta admit, this is not uh, this is not me at my boneriest. <laughs> yeah, sorry, um, go on. No, anyway, but then, but no, but I mean that's that's <clears throat> important. It's very important. It's very important because when the movie turns out to not be about that serial killer, when at he gets all. caught halfway through, it's only it's important that Bill Pullman was accused of it because the it lets it. It's, it's there, a clue an, to another an thing. Hour of this movie that's most of a subplot that's devoted solely to providing 
the character with a crucial piece of information. That's the only reason the serial rapist yep. subplot is in the movie. How are we going to come thing. up with a way for Bill Pullman <laughs> to find out that he is not the father of Nicole Kidman's aborted baby? It's like his huge uh, Mr. X. A serial killer. <laughs> Like, a serial killer subplot. Yeah. It's it's so dumb, and I but I kind of like I loved it. it. Oh yeah, I kind of like gotta, it. Because, you gotta love it because it's like that's a pretty weird thing to do. Because that that's because that that's a whole other movie. Yeah. Because so then, so then halfway through it turns into another movie because uh, Nicole Kidman then like she she has some, well, some terrible abdominal in, in the middle of the serial killer part of the movie. It's at the same time like yeah. he's he's at the he's at the police station jerking off into a cup while she goes into convulsions and gets taken to the hospital he gets and then he gets to out of the police station they're like your wife's in the hospital yeah you better go to the hospital now jack and uh, so she's in the hospital yeah. and she's having a like ruptured ovary ovary and uh and they are doing it or no mm-hmm. uh, yeah and Alan then Baldwin's doing surgery and she was it turns out she was pregnant yep yeah so she loses the baby due to the due to the uh, trauma of the surgery but and it appears that her ovaries might be necrotic. Yes. And there's... One of them definitely is. One of them definitely, but the other one maybe. And... And he... Alec Baldwin has to basically make a snap decision to... To... Uh, to... Remove them. Uh, and I forget exactly what the reasons why they they don't have time. They could rupture if well, they because it's like the, test they, them. They can take they can take a sample, but the guy who will give the sample isn't in right then. Right, they'd have to close like, her up and like open a half up hour again. before he could get there even, and then longer then they're like, "There's no way, there's no way she won't." She you know, could die. Like, she I'm could die this, before I'm making then. this decision. We're just going to take well, the overreaction. Everybody he doesn't else make in the decision alone though, because Bill Pullman, Bill Pullman shows Pullman up says, the hospital, yes, you and can. Two men have a discussion about her behind, which is kind of how then. so it's two guys going like. You should do this, but yeah. every but everybody in the th- everybody else in the theater, all the like the other surgeons and, and nurses or whatever, are going like, "Are you are you sure?" I mean, we're, this isn't it's, yeah. it doesn't seem like it's part of protocol. No. Also, this is immediately after he'd been he'd been at the bar drinking all. Night. That's right, yeah. and it's uh, all very and like there's all and during this scene, uh, very pointedly, it, co- it comes back to it. You, you could think that this happens for any number of reasons while it's happening, but there's a very pointed reason uh, while the surgery is happening. Someone goes, "Oh, by the way, doctor, you're looking at those ovaries. She's also pregnant," and yeah. then he like pauses. And is silent for like yeah. twenty seconds, and yeah. they're like, "Doctor, doctor," and he's like, "Um." Anyway, and then he gets back to it, and you're like, "Whoa, what was that all about?" You find out later. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. And so, so, so they do that. Nicole Kidman is alive, but she is uh, no longer devast- able to bear children. She's devastated, devastated. because she has no because all she wanted was children, and yeah. she can't now because she all yeah. both of her ovaries had to be taken out. So she files like a they sue Alec Baldwin for fifty million dollars. Yeah. and Bill Pullman's kind of like. Hey, sorry, buddy. I mean, I don't know what her deal is. I don't. I don't hold anything against you, but uh, she yeah. leaves. Bill she's Pullman. real pissed. She leaves Bill Pullman. Cause, yeah, because you know, he's, he's not on her side. Yep. And, and she's just devastated. And too. well, and I think partly because he like he made that decision, and also because it's her. part of a massive cr- criminal conspiracy, and she never loved him in the first place. And, oh yeah, and that is a psychopath. too. Yeah. <laughs> that too. So then, but this yeah. is but this is how it's presented. So then, so then it turns out that uh, that's the whole thing. Is that she's uh, well? Yeah, we get there. So she kind of disappears from the movie for a good 20 or 30 yep. minutes. No, no. First, there's the deposition scene. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We, got, well, we do very much have to get to that. <laughs> there's this her deposition scene. Her lawyer, Peter scene. Gallagher. Who, her lawyer who, is Peter whom Gallagher. You think, whom you think she might be fucking around with. She might with. be boning him. And his lawyers, uh, uh, Alec Baldwin's lawyers, are Joseph Summer and fucking George C. Scott. <laughs> George C. Scott is a witness. It's one of his former it's teachers. His oh, teachers, that's right. Who's okay. there to be like, he's actually one of the greatest doctors that ever lived. But Kevin pointed this out, and he's, and he's absolutely right. He pointed this out to me. And there's another example of this later on there's a scene with Anne Bancroft 
there's a lot of exposition in this scene, this deposition uh-huh. scene. It's not just where he has this great speech, which he does, but there's a lot of explaining what's going on and what exactly the parameters of the case are, all this stuff. And you gotta, gotta, you gotta get a guy like George C. Scott. <laughs> you get George C. He's Scott. He's in one scene. You get George C. Scott. He can do that. Make yep. it cool. Make it interesting. Make it fun to watch. And yeah. just like with Anne Bancroft later yep. on, it's just a, it's just an info dump scene. But when you get these great actors doing this right kind of business, man, it's so good. Yeah. And this was during that during the time in George C. Scott's career too. Legendary actor, but where he was like, I need money. Yeah. Like his career wasn't going great, and you could get George C. Scott to be in a, essentially a cameo. Yeah. Well, in I mean, movie. him and Bancroft. I mean, this was around the time of Exorcist and, three, right? And and Bancroft. What? Was this around the time of Exorcist Three? This was after uh, that. I think. After Wait, that? Well, after that, yeah, I okay. think. Um, but I mean, it's you know they get the. This and was around the time that he was on a credits. TV show with Dan Cortez. It's <laughs> <laughs> a real Christ. thing that happened. Yeah, I remember that. Um, but uh, yeah, that, I mean, you do you fill you fill uh, that space with George C. Scott, and yeah. then you got a scene that's like, okay, well, I'm still bored by the information you're yeah. giving. But at least George C. Scott is telling me. So Alec ah, Bal- my groin. My groin. So Alec, <laughs> speaking of the Simpsons, so Alec, Alec Baldwin's uh, team is trying to go like, he, this was all protocol. He was making all the right he decisions. Always. He's a great doctor. And then the other team is, is trying to go, this guy's a lunatic. He's, he's, a, got, he's got a God he's complex. He's got a God complex. And he has this amazing speech here. This is the most- I'm going to do the, the whole speech. Matt's doing the whole speech. Because it's is so the, good. The most famous part of the movie. Yeah, it's in the trailers and everything. And Alec Baldwin just- He kills it. He goes- Whew. It makes me wonder if this lawyer has any idea what kind of grades one must receive in college to be accepted at a top medical school. If you have the vaguest clue how talented one must be to lead a surgical team. I have an MD from Harvard. I am board certified in cardiothoracic medicine and trauma surgery. I have been awarded citations from seven different medical boards in New England, and I am never ever sick at sea. It's a great Sorkin <laughs> line so there. Stupid. So I ask you, when someone goes into that chapel and they fall on their knees and they pray to God that their wife doesn't miscarry, or that their daughter doesn't bleed to death, or that their mother doesn't suffer acute neural trauma from post-operative shock, who do you think they're praying to? Now go ahead and read your Bible, Dennis, and you go to your church, and with any luck, you might win the annual raffle, but if you're looking for God, he was in operating room number two on November <laughs> 17th, and it doesn't like to be second-guessed. You ask me if I have a God complex, let me tell you something. I am God. And he gets up and leaves. Yep, mic drop. And he then the, leaves, and then the, which the, is so great. And then the lawyer, Freddie Quimby's lawyer, goes, well, that didn't go very well. <laughs> go, I'll kill you. I'll go, kill all of you, especially uh, those of you in the jury. We'll have so a, good. We'll have, a settlement, uh, we'll have a settlement for you on Monday, I think is what yeah. the lawyer like, He really dropped the ball. That was, the last, that was really the last thing he should have done. It's yeah. a great speech, but it's in, yeah. entirely contrary why to would, his whole case. Why would he what do a, that? What a weird thing well, to do. Yeah, it's very odd. <laughs> I love that speech, but I particularly like the never ever sick at sea. It's like Aaron Sorkin just needs to let you know, look, I'm, I'm into Gilbert and Sullivan and I went to Harvard, okay? <laughs> it is so Sorkin-y, but it's, it's so all, good. But it's, and it's got a, a dab of his weaknesses, like uh, a lot of writers who write like this in stylized yeah. dialogue. Even the really good stuff, there'll be like a little, a little, little ping here and there where you're like, well, oh, what yeah. the fuck was that? Well, but, uh, but for the most part, and, and Alec Baldwin, good God. He's a bad guy, I guess. He seems like he's kind of an asshole, but he's having so much fun. Oh, it, yeah. rem- it reminds me of that like part in Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, where he just comes in and you're like, Jesus Christ. I, it's why I don't like Alec Baldwin in like the the nicer nice guy roles because oh, he's yeah. he's not he's I think I. But- I always, it's like I think he's more like this guy. Yeah, like he's like not that he's like a monster, but like or like like he's but like they say he's a. He's just an asshole. He, yeah, and he's and, a and he's he, a narcissist, and he relishes in it. I yeah. mean, that's the that's the reason that 
anybody likes him on 30 Rock. It's not because, like, when, you know, when they soften Jack, Jack Donaghy and he becomes more friendly with Tina Fey. It's the scenes where he's a huge asshole. That's what that's what you remember about that guy. Yeah. You know, it's not that he's a nice guy. I don't know. Yeah, he's fucking great. He's great in this scene. And then what happens after that? I guess then it's like to onto the conspiracy. Everybody, stuff. yeah. No, every- the, no, the serial killer subplot is just wrapped up real quickly. It's I, the janitor in the basement. This is is totally bananas. The serial killer subplot has nothing to do with anything, and I couldn't believe. Nope. And then and, and, and the the janitor at the basement. There's a showdown where Bill Pullman goes down there. It's he's in the basement of wherever Bill Pullman works, right? The school or something. Yeah, the, the school that he works at. University. And there's like a bed down there, and then he's like he's going he's going through this this guy's like bed, and then there's like little bits of hair and because he kept hair from all the girls. He's like, What's going on here? This is weird. And he's like, oh, that's my mother's hair. Uh, Keep, she gave me she a bunch of it. Gave me a bunch of it before she died from cancer. You yeah, want some you of see? my mom's yeah. hair? I got a shitload of my mom's a, hair. I got a whole bunch here. Come over here. I'll, I'll go over there to that closet. There's a whole bunch of my mom's hair in there. You're gonna have to move past past this case here. This is also my mom's hair. I mean, but this is, I got the real good stuff in the back. It's like that thing too, where you're like, this guy can't be the killer because this guy's Freddy Krueger. Yeah, he's freaking Freddy Krueger, and you're like, nah. I mean, he is the guy from Saw, so he's, he's Jigsaw. But he, but he's all, but you're like, and it's is, also like we can't be catching the serial killer 40 minutes into the movie, right? <laughs> this not, is what the movie's about. Isn't that it? how movies work? It's the killer is Alec Baldwin or maybe Bill Pullman. Who knows? We don't know yet. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a red herring, but oftentimes red herrings are like somehow related to the rest of the plot too. That's yeah. usually how red herrings are done. Yeah, uh, it's like a whole this other one, movie. It's just a thing that's also happening. It's like there's two movies and they finish one of them at forty min- the forty minute mark. Like here's the end of this movie. Anyway, this movie that we were watching is about this other thing. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, how did that relate to it? Uh, before, I did. I did want to point out that you were talking about how uh, how Alec Baldwin is almost always better as some sort of bad guy, yeah. but with one exception, and I think Hunt for Matt October, baby. Hunt for Red October is one of my yeah. favorite. That's he's my a, favorite. Although I would agree that guy. he's better in Miami Blues. I, he's fine. I, I don't have. A, I don't have as much of a hard on for that movie as you guys do. So everybody Sorry. should have a, a real hard on for that movie. That's oh, one of my favorite films of all time. And and, it, and it's a weird kind of like could have been sort of thing, like a fantastic movie star role where he's he's like effortlessly likable and and funny and heroic and all these things does and a great John never Connery did, yeah he does a great does two impressions mm. and then he never really did anything quite like that again for the rest of his career turbulence solar radiation heat sears crust warm air rises colder, colder descents turbulence turbulence I don't like that yes yeah, sir I know actually what turbulence is I'm a flight is. attendant a I know what turbulence flight is attendant is a weird scene. Anyways, Hunt for oh, October. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I, took, you know, I was taking a nap there for a second. The last what, time what, I watched that movie, oh, the, okay, the one line. Guy, that, by the, the way, before yeah. you get started, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take a nap again for okay. a go ahead. Here. There's a line in that movie. It, it's every every time I watch it, there's something different that gets me. Uh-huh. The last time I watched it, just a few weeks ago, was when uh, it's you know when the cook is attacking them and and they're in this the this uh, missile bay, and he just goes, "Don't let him get past you." <laughs> so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to the movie. Sorry. Oh shit. Oh, sorry. Okay. Kevin's awake. Four hours later. Yeah. Right. No shit. Well, well it was a long hunt. That was a nice. That was a nice nap. Uh-huh. Uh, you guys didn't talk about your submarine movie no. for now. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we'll get back to you it. You guys didn't talk about your cute little submarine picture. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyways, uh, Nicole Kidman's a raving psychopath, and uh, <laughs> one of the and and this is the the first the plot. Oh, unfolds, we'll, we'll get to it. Well, the, so the plot starts unfolding, and he Bill Pullman like catches the serial killer, 
And, uh, and now they realize the that it couldn't have been him. And then his wife, there's a fight, there's a fight scene goes, too where Bill yeah. Pullman, a uh, meek, mild mannered like teacher or administrator or whatever, beats Be- the shit out of a serial killer with a fucking uh, fire extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, so Lilith like is with him at a bar after they've caught the guy, and she's like, "Look, I don't know if I'm supposed to be telling you this, but I'm going to tell you this. I don't know if I'm supposed to be telling yeah, right. you about that. <laughs> and uh, but she's like, about that. Yeah, shoot. Blacks. Do your fucking job, Bill Pullman. <laughs> I'm the guy who does his fucking job." You shoot blanks. How do you like them apples? And then uh, he's like, "What?" Yeah, and so he's like, "Wait, so you know, so it couldn't have been his his baby, yes, mm-hmm. that she was pregnant with." What Interesting. The, what's going on? Yeah. So, so he, she was fucking somebody else. So yeah. he goes to visit. Uh, well, I think he goes to visit Alec Baldwin first, who's like, "Oh, hey, yeah, boy, buddy, that's rough." Anyway, uh, see ya. What Good luck. To your head? Well, he's he's basically like he's uh, he's, he's boozing again, mm-hmm. yeah, always boozing, and he's going and she, and she's like, "So like, actually, you weren't as as culpable for it as you." And yeah. then un, uh, uncharacteristic for a narcissist, he's like, "No, no." Oh, it really was my fault. It was yeah. absolutely my fault. Yep. And you might be mad at her for fucking somebody else, but imagine how how, how, she, feels. how she feels. She lost both of, her, both of her ovaries. She's probably in a bad way, so just forget about and it. And you're kind of like, like, huh, huh. that's weird huh. for this guy. <laughs> what, too. do you want a cigarette? You don't smoke? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Uh, and then he... Uh, so then, and then he goes to visit uh, Peter Gallagher, her lawyer, who he thinks she's fucking. And then he's like, "I don't know, I wasn't fucking her, but you might want to talk to her mom." What? Her mom's her dead. mom's dead. No, uh-huh. no, she's not. And and then and then we get this great scene with the uh, he goes to see Anne Bancroft. Anne Bancroft and this as is her mom. By the way, awesome, ex- exactly like that shit in Deceived. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, where, where a crusty alcoholic oh, yeah, yeah. mom yeah. is like, actually, my ch- my child is a fucking a maniac. maniac, and my I hate child, him. My child's a monster, and yeah. I never met. It's like it's so much like deceived. It's crazy. Yeah, but she's but it's great because it's Anne Bancroft giving this like stupid info dump while getting drunk on scotch and doing card tricks. Doing card tricks. Oh, I love it's it. So it's so good. And so many it, things. And, and it starts it, in the bottle. She has drank mm-hmm. a quarter of the bottle. And she's like, she like, she like explains to him like, this, this is so the, much. this is the good, st- I can't believe the last time someone brought me a single malt. God. Yeah, it doesn't because Peter Gallagher is like, like bring a bottle of scotch. She's like, it's almost enough to make me cry. She's like, she's like, uh, well, you what, I, what, you, you, you see, you get drink all this, you expect me to remember a name. Yeah. <laughs> she's so good. She's, she's doing a card trick. Take my, take my card. I don't have time for you this. You got any of his lines from her? Um, Why do you give a Frenchman's fuck who she was sleeping with? That's one thing that she says. <laughs> and then at one point he's like, "Tell me the he's like, tell me the name of the the doctor that she was working." That she talks about some doctor that was in her life in the past. She's yeah. like, "Tell me the name." She's like, "You think I could drink like this and remember a name?" <laughs> yeah. And then she fucking remembers the name. Yeah. He remember he remembers the name, and then she like has a twinkle in her eye and goes. Welcome to the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun. This scene with Anne Bancroft she goes, she, is she a goes, treat. She goes, call me mom. Pick, pick a card. Pick a card. He's like, I don't want to pick a card. Pick a card. That would be, it's the same scene from Deceived, except the scene in Deceived is depressing, and this scene is hilarious. And in the scene, and the scene in Deceived, you're like, well, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And this, you're like, oh. Yeah, this does have the added benefit of having Anne fucking Bancroft. That's exactly it, what we were sake. saying. And yeah. she's just killing it, too. Yeah. She's just having That's also exactly part what you need. When she's talking about just sort of like, uh, a part, she's like, T- talking about how fucked up the her the da- the guy that she married was and who Nicole Kidman's father was and yeah. she's like, you know what was crazy was she wasn't as mad when uh, when her father stole all of my money and took the house or whatever she was mad that the, he took her the two hundred dollars that, that she had saved. under her mattress yeah. and then Bill Pullman goes Jesus what the hell kind of family is this. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's a fucked up family. You know, he's like, I guess, I guess, I guess, my son-in-law or something at some point. She's just so we know that uh, Nicole Kidman who has some acute money issues yeah. and other so issues. Now Bill Pullman goes and confronts Nicole Kidman. He like tracks her down because he finds out who this doc, this doctor, quote unquote, yeah. is that like performed an abortion on her years ago, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and, Dr. Um, Lillianfield. Dr. Lillianfield. He tracks her to this house Such a stupid on a fucking name. cliff. Amazingly, on a cliff, and this cliff doesn't actually come into play Yeah, by the all. way, this it, the, the, a large portion of the last yeah. third of this movie takes place in this house on this very gorgeous matte painting cliff with uh, the stormy seas beneath it, and like, that doesn't have anything to do like with it. You're like, someone's going off that cliff. There's nope. no way you nope. put that cliff another, in the movie Another without... dipshit, no reason no, misdirect that I weird. absolutely love. So he's there, he sneaks, in, he, he sneaks into the house. Yeah, he's just lurking in the house. He's lurking in the house, and then she comes... She comes back with someone. Who yeah. could it be? He's in the shadows for Who a little while. Who could it be? And she, he's <gasps> not saying anything, and she's going, oh, honey, how about we do this or that? And, he, and he's like, his face is covered, and you're, and you're like, it's Alec Baldwin. Yeah. It's, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> it's Alec Baldwin. And then he like steps out of the shadows. It's me, Alec Baldwin. And then she goes, she goes, uh, take me upstairs and fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> sure do. Yeah, it was so, and, she's, and she, couldn't be, she couldn't be more different than she was as Bill Pullman's wife. Yeah. Like she's like she's like yeah just like and she's like I fucking she essentially just even says like I fucking hate children or yeah. something I'm glad to have those ovaries out of me yeah like, she's she is like an app this so, character this character is and, a piece of work and Bill Poland's hiding in the cor- yeah. in the corner so he sees them and then they go upstairs and he like leaves and he's again he's playing a similar character but like a guy you have sympathy for I guess in this version th- yeah. that he was in Last Seduction yeah. where it's like a guy like just a real being just a real for the cuckold's horn and also just a just a kind of a <laughs> kind of a dope this guy works as his like he seems kind of dumb for a guy who has such a p- yeah. position of power at a, but you know whatever well, it's a small college uh-huh. sure um but you know he's it's a kind small of a, liberal arts college in New yeah. England I mean it's probably bigger than this apartment but not by much mm-hmm <laughs> But it's got a huge endowment. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So at the, so at this point, uh, he's flipping into kind of like he's part of the game now, yeah, and now he, and now he's mode. starting to unfurl his his revenge plot because there is a good like thirty minutes left yeah. to go in the movie at this point. So he confronts Nicole Kidman and basically says he wants half the money and he'll just let it drop. Yeah. And that's well, he well he finds out he f- finds like a syringe and he yeah. goes back into the house and they, like they're out walking on the beach all cheerfully <laughs> one time yeah. and then he they go back to the house and she lays down and the syringe is in her back and he's like she's like what the how did this get here and Alec Baldwin immediately It was like, Andy. It was Andy. She's like Andy's not smart enough to and the movie has pointed to the fact that Andy is not smart enough to figure out their plan but he somehow he just because the the serial killer supply yeah. gave him the only thing that otherwise he, otherwise he info. never would have figured out this. Yeah. I guess if you want to be generous with it, you could say the serial killer subplot is intended to show that he is like he's kicking into some sort of manly like yeah. maybe he's becoming more assertive or something. Yeah. But that what seems I like, like about even that seems all like a stretch. of this is that the like the pl- the actual mechanics of the plot yeah. are just nebulous enough that it's a little hard to follow. Uh, but it all makes sense when you when you lay it out. It's I, just like you kind of have to stop and go like, wait, wait, what's going on? Oh, okay, I got you. So yeah. he's so he's like I'm I want I want half of the money. Yeah. I want half of the money you guys and she's So and well, we should explain what the needle is because it's, it's important some sort of drug. It's it's, it's a fertility a, drug. It's a fertility drug right. and so Baldwin was in the living in the house with them right. giving her injections of this hormone that is known to cause this side effect. If you do it too much. If you do too much. Now it's a coincidence that she got pregnant probably right. by Baldwin. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But and so Baldwin didn't know she was pregnant when they were doing the surgery. So the whole plan was for her to rem- him to remove the ovary, and they would sue 
Baldwin well, and, he, and, and get the settlement money. During the surgery, messed up the other ovary. That was the whole point was right. to remove the one that was like fucked up, and right. then like the other one might also be fucked up. That was right. the whole plan. And but the he went he went along with it, and the pregnancy was unplanned by him. But she knew she would be pregnant, and she did it to double the settlement. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and she's totally fine with this and this is the this is the reason that he hesitated for like 10 seconds yeah. in the operating theater because he was going like this motherfucker is pregnant yeah that wasn't part of the deal he actually says to her later on oh no 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 kitten there wasn't supposed to be a baby yeah and so and so and she talks to him and she goes you have to admit that there was a brief you have moment to admit there was a brief moment there was a brief moment where you considered killing me in, the, in that scene <laughs> and, then, and he's like yes i did because they're both just these this psycho couple and uh what do you think was a good plan though <laughs> it got us twice as much a bunch of money and it got us 20 got us 20, 20 million dollary dues dollary dues <laughs> anyway so bill pullman confronts nicole kidman and she's like what do you want and he goes i uh, uh what do you think i want i want the red Sox to win the world series yeah. i want Sorkin half half and so he's like you're gonna I've, if you don't I'm gonna that kid that next door. There was a kid. Like, the there's kid, a kid who like plays a, and he's like watching. He's sitting in the window, always looking out the window, and they think he's like peeping on him. And he's just like the kid saw him give you the injections of the of the hormone. Yeah, he's playing his he's playing, he's his, playing synthesizer. his card. Yeah, and so she's like, you know, let me think about it. And, and, she, uh, and then she goes to Baldwin. She's like, "There's no way I'm fucking doing that. I don't want to split this money three ways. Baldwin, I, I earned that money." Alec Baldwin is like, "Give him the money." Yeah. She's like, "No, you go kill that child. Yeah, yeah. you go kill the one witness and to the like, to our act." And this is where like his he's reached his limit. He's like, "I'm I'm a bad guy, but I'm not gonna kill not a, gonna kid. a kid." And she's like, "I'll kill a kid. I have zero compunction about it. I'm gonna go do it now." Well, she's, not, not before she kills Alec Baldwin, though. Yeah, you know, she kills Alec Baldwin. He's so cocky. Him. He's like, he, she's like, put down, put down that gun, and she, and she, and he walks towards her, and then she, she just shoots her. <laughs> she shoots, she shoots him a she's bunch got of times. No problem with it. No. And then, and then she becomes a Nicole Kid kill. Yeah. And uh, I, I, li- I liked her in this last part. Oh, I, I actually right. agree with her where she's like, I don't want to give him the money. Yeah. I like, and Alec Baldwin's playing it smart and he's like just give him the money you knew this something might happen and she's not wrong to be like no fuck you i gave up two ovaries i gave up two of my ovaries she's like i didn't want kids but that was still like a fucking crazy invasive surgery yeah i did she did the like really hard part yeah yes and so she's like no i want my fucking money she's not wrong she and by the way she should have just shot i mean I, yeah. as soon as do, she was I done do fucking Alec Baldwin, she should have sh- she should have fucking shot i, I don't, do disagree with her kid killing policy right I, i'm yeah. against that honestly <laughs> I don't want to be like moralizing on this podcast. No. So she's gonna go. He, she's gonna go, go kill the kid. She sneaks into the house and then she like. I would goes like to point out in all three of these movies, it's someone attempts an adult attempts to yep. kill a child. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's true. And we were gonna do Mercury Rising, which <laughs> is also about that. What is with Alec Baldwin yeah. in these movies? And the kid, the kid, uh, the kid is always playing the Jerry Goldsmith score yeah. on his keyboard right by his window, yeah. and uh, she goes. So she goes up to him. And puts like a plastic bag around his head, and she's gonna. And, but he's not a kid. It's a, it's it's a, a CPR dummy. dummy. It's a CPR dummy, CPR which we dummy. saw earlier in the yeah. movie. And yeah. she's like, "What?" And she's been fooled. Yep. And the BB Newman's behind her. Yeah. Yep. And then they, they they end up kind of for no reason toppling o- over this banister and into the ground. Just and to then give BB Newman shows up. He's like, "Ya busted there, pa." He's yeah. Like, yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha there. And so his plan all along was he told the cops and he was gonna, you know, yeah. they basically was gonna get her. Yeah. To try and kill this kid. And. At yeah. the very last minute, the rub last it, thing they we see, rub it in. the little kid across the way was blind. Never saw a thing. Roll credits, too. Like, that's it. Roll credits. I love it. Monster's dead. Roll I the credits. It. Monster's dead. Roll the credits. <laughs> no fucking extra added scene. Great movie. Yeah, good movie. Solid. 
Just a solid. I don't know. It's just what these movies movie, are supposed to be. Solid one. It's of these. exactly the one of these that I want. But like, yeah. a, but like a good version. We're gonna get to a, a, a version of this yeah. next. That's like doing doing exactly what these things do in like the most boring way possible. One hundred percent. But this one clicks long. It's twisty. It's funny. It's nasty. Baldwin is so fun. Under it. two hours. Baldwin's, it's under two Baldwin's hours. Having a great good. time in it. Here, um, I, got a, I got a few lines here. Like some of them are just you know classic Sorkin type lines. There's, mm-hmm. there's one line I, I can't remember who says this, but I think it's Baldwin. It's Baldwin to Kidman when she's like, "I don't want to give him the money." He's like, "Welcome to the land of you don't have a choice." <laughs> That's a pretty good one. And this is Nicole Kidman talking about talking about a child <laughs> when she's about to go kill him. He's like, "I don't think we should kill a child." And she's like, "He's a little fucking troll who deserves to be put out of his misery for fucking up my life." <laughs> Near- if you don't have the balls to, and then and then he slaps her actually. So, gonna yeah. put another baby on the body. That's right. He sh- he slaps her, and that's when she decides. And then well, she I'm shoots him. Yeah. And then there's another part. Um, I, I, can't, I think I think Alec. This is maybe when Alec Baldwin is. Um, someone is prevaricating. I think it's during the trial scene, and someone's going on and on. And then uh, one of the lawyers goes, "Sir, with all due respect, please knock it off." <laughs> that's a pretty funny line. Oh, and then there's a part. <laughs> underserved in this movie but there is a pretty funny part when Bill Pullman's like being feeling really sorry for himself it's before the plot has fully turned and he's going let me tell you a little story about my life and about how uh, oh he's like the happiest moment in my life was that brief second and a half when Alec Baldwin told me that she was pregnant and then then before he told me that the baby was aborted (laughs) that was the happiest I've ever been in my entire life and baby Norworth goes that's the worst story I ever heard (laughs) (laughs) it's a pretty funny line (laughs) it's true Uh, ratings uh, I'm gonna go three and a half yeah Uh, you know it's a little too convoluted but convoluted in a a way that I found amusing I don't really have anything it's nothing I'm docking it for it's just not a it's not like a great film no no it's It's like real solid and it's twisty and fun it's aspiring to that it feels like it's aspiring to be this movie and it nails it as well as it's gonna like that is nailed into the thing I love how absurd it gets I love uh, I love I just think Baldwin is so good in it he's fun yeah so three and a half Judd's I'm gonna give it uh, three Douglases. It's mm-hmm. not super sleazy, but there's like this tinge of of like the way Nicole Kidman's character goes about what she's doing and all the stuff with the serial rapists and yeah. you know it's it's got there's a very some sex in it. You could work a Michael Douglas character. He could have played this ten years earlier. He could have played the Baldwin part. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna give it uh, ten out of ten. HMS Pinafore quoting criminal masterminds. <laughs> yeah. Just like uh, he's the Alec Baldwin's my second favorite. Number one is Sideshow Bob. Absolutely. <laughs> um Yeah, I'm gonna give it uh, I'm gonna give it three and a half uh three and a half judges. It's just fun. It's, it's a great example of this sort of thing. Just uh-huh. fun brisk piece of trash. Yep. It's pretty stupid, but it's it's a, it's a fucking treat. And I had never seen this before. I didn't fucking know what it was about at all. So oh, it was cool. kind of it was kind of fun. I'd I, seen it before, but years ago, and so I had forgotten most of it. I, all I knew was that Nicole Kidman was in it, and that Alec Baldwin was probably the bad guy and made that speech. <laughs> that was all I knew yeah. about it. Which uh, is all most people know about it. I think. Yeah, the it's IM famous for speech. that. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give it two and a half Judds. I mean. It could be nastier, I suppose, but there is a pretty graphic sex scene where Alec Baldwin's plowing a lady, and this is what uh, Nicole, Nicole Kidman's pissed about. And then, and then she's just sort of naked and going yeah. like, and she, and it's also <laughs> she's all, this lady's like really kissing Alec Baldwin's extremely her suit chest, and you're just sort of like, whoa, jeez, oh, God, good, good luck, lady. He's a hairy man. 
and then uh, I'm gonna give it uh, one of Matt's thumbs. Ooh, <laughs> I love it. There's a yeah, that's that sex scene in this is extreme. They're extremely sweaty after that sex, and there's a sex scene in the jerv. In the jerv, that's yeah. the same yeah. thing where you're like, he's boning Anne Hayes. You guys are fucking. That was yeah. some hard. Did you notice? Yeah. I was so I watched that one last night, and after they have that sex scene in the jerv, like they're all sweaty and like collapsed on top of each other, and he just takes this giant belt of whiskey. It's yeah. like that is the last thing I want. <laughs> that, that is not refreshing at that. <laughs> Uh, it goes down smooth. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm gonna I'm give parched. it. Uh, I'm also gonna give it three and a half. Uh, Juds, solid, solid uh, deal. The thing that it's supposed to be. Uh, I'm gonna give it two and two and a half. Douglas's. It's sleazy, kind of. You know, it's not. I don't know. It's. It all. It's like one of those movies where, like, when you get to the actual plot, it's like, oh, yeah. okay. So a lot of there's a lot of uncomfortable stuff about her having her ovaries taken out and this, and you're kind of. Like, eh. But then once it gets, it's like, oh, okay. I don't know. Maybe it's more sleazy, but it's like it's all this plot to get fifty million dollars. So. Yeah. And I'm giving it one, uh, shooting blank sperm test. Ooh. <laughs> one sperm <laughs> test under duress. One yeah. Sperm, sperm <laughs> test. Duress. Sperm test. Duress test. One mandatory cum <laughs> shot. <laughs> Look, well, there's two things we need to tell you. First of all, uh, you're uh, under suspicion for being a serial killer. Second of all, we need you to get a hard on. Yeah, right now. Done and done. Or, or, or you're going. You get a hard on now, or you're going to jail. No problem. And with good cause. Yeah, with good cause. All right, moving on to uh, darker territory. The juror. The juror. The juror. Are you saying you've heard nothing about this case? No, sir, I haven't. If I did serve for jury duty, would I be safe? Perfectly safe. No one would know your name or where you live. Mom, are you nuts? You're really going to be on the Louis Buffano trial? I need a little excitement. All right, they just turned in the driveway. You better get out of there. Thank you, Eddie. Of the 12 men and women sitting on the jury, he chose her. Annie Laird? I thought it might be you. He knows everything about her. Die, you sucker! Okay, you got it. Exactly. I got it. And as long as court is in session, he will be near. Eddie, listen to me now. You're in danger, and your son is in danger. <laughs> You're kidding, right? Juror starring Demi Moore and. Alec Baldwin. And Alec Baldwin. Alec, Alec, damn, oh, Joseph Gordon. And Joe Golev. Joe Golev. And James Gandolfini. Yeah, Gandolfini's James in it. fucking Gandolfini. And Michael Raspoli, who who plays mm-hmm. Rudy on uh, yep. and on the, Deuce. the Deuce. And was uh, Jackie Jr. Jackie Sr., sorry, on The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and I should, might add a surprise appearance of Mayan Ruins. <laughs> yeah. This movie. Uh, here's one thing that I bet, Tra- you, Travis, bet you didn't expect. Travis texted me last night because I was like, they go to Guatemala in this movie. And he goes, ends Mayan? in a Mayan temple. The juror. The juror. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I was uh, watching this with uh, with my friend uh, my friend Josh and uh, and they, they went to Guatemala and we were both like what yeah. we didn't expect they were going to Guatemala and then they go back they yeah, go they back go to twice. New York and then and then Josh was like oh I'm kind of disappointed they went back and I was like I'll let you know if they go back to Guatemala again and then he'd left at that point so I had to text him and he was excited this is the, that's one of the few things that you can <laughs> get excited about in this movie is like are they back in the ruins again because I just did not see that coming. They, uh, it's yeah, a, it's a very most of the time choice. it is exactly the kind of movie it, that you think it's going to it be. It ends in in Mayan ruins, which is not something you thought. No, it was be. This there movie, are two very surprising things: the Mayan the Mayan ruins, yeah. and then also what the art that uh, 
Demi Moore makes. Yeah. Which has what to do it's with the room? Bananas. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, did, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he hit, a, he hit a listening device in there or something. Here's the thing. The beginning of this movie, it's like uh, her excitedly, maybe too excitedly, wanting to be on this jury mm-hmm. about, about this mob this mob murder. It opens she, with this, it opens with this killing, and then like this kid gets killed, and then it's like this mob, this this is guy on trial, and it's like implicating the mob and everything, too. Yeah. She's she really wants to get on this jury. Then it's these two guys sort of following her around. It's Gandolfini and some other guy. Yeah, some other guy who, for some fucking reason, in this whole there's can you and if you guys can tell me the reason, there's it's my it's Alec Baldwin. Yeah, and it's obviously Alec Baldwin because he's talking to Gandolfini the whole right. time. And Alec Baldwin has a very distinct voice, and we know he's in this movie. But the movie keeps him in the shadows yeah. this whole fucking time. And then he just and then like it's five like, minutes later, he reveals to Demi Moore after they go out on a date or whatever that he's hidden. So you're like, so this whole opening scene, you're like, why are they keeping this yeah. guy hidden in the shadows? We know it's fucking Alec Baldwin. Yeah, he's got a. It's like doing that with Pee Wee Herman or something <laughs> right. like that. You're like I know it's Pee Wee Herman. He's got a very. He's got. A, there's a way like, he talks. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was so it was I so dumb. I got weird. a lot of questions about just what Alec Baldwin's character is doing in this movie because there's some weird shit going on. He's in a this. fucking oh, yeah. psychopath. It's not. It's less about that. It's oh. more like the logistics of the mafia hierarchy that's going on. Oh, he's like God. a guy from outside the mob who's right. like been working. He's with the them. teacher. And they are like, the teacher. and he's kind of he's kind of crazy. The even teacher. the mob guys, yeah. Even the, another bit, one where the, the mob guy, the mob has got to stop hiring these guys that they <laughs> even they think are like a little over the line. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. Lena Olin and uh, Romeo is and bleeding. Get, and like, what's funny in this one is like, the, whoa, she killed too many people. Go, you got to kill her now. Well, we don't. What's what? What's what I like in this one is that was that the main voice of reason in this is Gandolfini, who's like, yeah. we really shouldn't be so mean to this lady. What what are you doing? <laughs> James Gandolf- Gandolfini is on, honestly, and and I love him. In this, but he's one of those uh, mobster characters where you're kind of like, why are you even in the mob? Yeah, right. <laughs> he doesn't seem to have the stomach for any he, of this. It's very it's like, much. I got kids too, you know. Don't don't worry about it. Just uh, say not guilty. Like this... if you're a nice guy who doesn't want to hurt people, don't be a m- yeah. in mob enforcer. Uh, he's very much reminded me of his character in Get Shorty mm-hmm. in this. Yeah. Who's, who's a much who's not a murderer, right? In that, but like who's you know a very nice guy who's like Bear is in his name Bear. Yeah, he's yeah. a stuntman. Yeah. yeah, but I feel just similar because type of the, character. The script is you know now what I would call great. Uh, it's worth pointing out that this was written. Very good. This is based on a novel by a guy named George Dawes Green, who also wrote the book that the Caveman's Valentine is based on, and he also created the Moth. You know the Moth, like the storytelling oh, thing. Okay, <laughs> yeah. well, that's that, that was his brainchild. Um, and the script was adapted by Ted Talley, yeah. who fucking wrote Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, he, he did Jesus. the Silence of the Lambs screenplay and like all the pretty horses. A good writer. It's a pedigree. Uh, yeah, it's but not not here. Yeah. No, I. You, I don't know what happened. None, here. Of, none of that. There is some pretty it's not like good. Alec I mean, Baldwin the, is is kind of like a poetic psychopath. Yeah. So he says some stuff that is kind of like eyebrow raising. Where you're like, yeah. that was. Something. And there's like, I feel like he was probably it was probably heavily rewritten by people who are not credited, because like there's all this fainting at like, you know, Baldwin becomes obsessed with Demi Moore. And it's, it's so half-assed. It's though. that's what I'm saying. Like, it's very half-assed. It seems like there's connective tissue. Like we're yeah. supposed to believe that there's an emotional connection between these two characters, or between him and her anyway. That he's right. obsessed with her. He's obsessed, but it's like it doesn't like. There's like no. at the end where he actually kisses her, and it's like supposed to be like fucked up and unsettling, and maybe there's some like actual electricity going yeah. on there. You're like, what, what the fuck is even going on here? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like well, so was... much of it seems like the the actual like meat of the story has been just lifted out so we can get through the plot. And yeah. The plot is. I mean, and the plot by, is by the stupid. end, by the end point, I was so I was like so bored too. Yeah. I was just like, God damn, is this movie? Because it's really just that. That's it. The, the mafia wants her to vote. 
The mafia not, wants her to help acquit this mob boss. It's a jury tampering story, yeah. and then they, and for some reason, they pick on her in particular. There's 12 yeah. people in the jury, and I thought that when when they first started like uh, going after her, that it was like, oh, they're trying to rig the whole jury, and it's no, they 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 got her. They have another guy. There's, they have two guys. There's they have a union guy. Why did they pick these two? And the people? Mob, well, one of them's a union guy. And yeah, they go keep with talking, the union going guy. To union guy go with the union he guy. He wants them to go with the union guy. I want to go with the union guy. Why are you going after this lady? And he's like, I've got her. We've got her. And yeah. he ends up being correct because Demi Moore, some like it is a open and shut case where like the guy is essentially caught on right. on tape going like kill the fucking cocksucker but what I, what I thought and they was kill funny, a kid he kills a and kid he kills and a stuff. kid but it's but it's not a scene it's not a situation where they're trying to get like uh you know an, an, a non-unanimous jury to do like a mistrial because no. they don't want him going back on trial no they've actually cornered these two people so that they can like 12 angry men 12 this angry jury men, a whole and there's like a lengthy sequence in the film where they're trying to convince everybody to acquit this mob boss who they have on tape ordering the murder yeah <laughs> and even all the other characters all the other jurors are like what about the fucking tape and it's still <laughs> and she convinces everybody and then uh, it, it actually honestly I hate to bring like modern stuff into it but it just kind of reminded me a lot of the stuff you see on the news when people try to like justify Trump do stuff yeah, right and you're just sort of like what are we talking about yeah because Jimmy Moore's like, but what about this and, yeah. you know, and then when people are going well I don't know about like this Trump and the collusion thing and you're like we saw the tape yeah <laughs> he, re- he released the transcript he did himself the thing. what yeah. are you talking about he said it out he loud. said that he, he said did it. it he admitted it and they're like well I don't know I do not it's like a lot of that is happening in this movie and at, the, and at one point like there's one holdout in the jury yeah. he's like the Lee, Lee J. Cobb who's like yeah. I want but he's a good guy of course. so it's because it's kind of a reverse and, uh, oh, man. and well, end, I think it, in 12 Angry Men the kid did it so that's well there you go yeah I have uh, a whole theory but at the end of, at the end of this one he just ends up kind of going like ah, I don't fucking care anymore yeah. <laughs> he's just like what I just you guys go home. want him to be not guilty fine <laughs> uh, yeah Can I, it also seems like this is a, the hard way of doing things yeah yeah um. Uh, also, I wanted to point out something before I forget is that uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays her son, and mm-hmm. there are some scenes of them at home being way too fucking excited to be mother and son. Yeah. <laughs> There's a scene where they're playing video games that is like nobody has ever played video games that way before. Where <laughs> they're this both is something that happens with like single parents. They're- if, I don't. I if don't Joko think Lev so. was, they were they were both just. It was like very acting. It was like, wow, we're having so much fun. Oh no! Ah! <laughs> it's supposed to be this whole thing where they're they're so fucking happy, and then her best friend Anne Hage comes over, and they're all so fucking happy. And if I'm just Joko like, Joko Lev was God. like seven or eight, then sure, but Maybe. he is a teen in this, yeah. and he's like, mommy, yeah. yay, let's play video games together. You're like, I think he would be like wearing eyeshadow, or you know, like eyeshadow, and be like, fuck you, mom. Also, stay the, out of my the room. relationship with Anne Hage is pretty tenuous for best friends. It goes south pretty quick. Yeah, she like. Also, and the, the second Anne Hache pops up just because it's the kind of movie that's like, she's look, dead. we're just, yeah, you're like, she's dead, <laughs> she's dead, she's dead. Alec Baldwin's gonna kill her. I know. Exactly Do you know how gonna she's happen. gonna? He's gonna kill her. No, I don't assume that's he's a, gonna. He's gonna. Alec force Baldwin's feed her. probably gonna. That's he, a pretty gnarly scene. Where he it kills is, her. He, Very unpleasant. It's, it's immediately after they have like so the sweatiest fucking ever, and then he's like, puts a gun to her head and makes her swallow poison. He's like, I need yeah. you, I'm gonna have to have you kill yourself. Like, he won't kill her. He's holding a gun at her. He's like, I'll she's shoot naked. you. Yeah. Like, she's naked. Covered in sweat. Covered you, you kind of. It's one of those scenes where you kind of feel bad for Anne Heche. Just yeah. like yeah, the actress. Really? Yeah, You're like, this, yeah. this must have been an unpleasant day. And, she's, and he forces, and he's forcing this woman to kill herself with these pills. Yeah. yeah. And it's you're like, grim. Whew. Jeez, just so that he, you know, just so it's like, it looks like she committed suicide. Of course, the whole point was to upset Demi Moore. Demi Moore. And then she's like, knows 
She's like, she would never kill herself, so I don't, so, uh, I know that he did, you know, it's the whole plot. Well, no, he does it because he's trying to scare to me more, because he knows that she'll know that that's what happened. All right, yeah. But the, the... (laughs) But then she does get scared. She takes a she takes him to Guatemala to Guatemala to her ex or her just some her just some her guy boyfriend dude. or something. Some fr- I think he wants to be her boyfriend, and right. she's like, "We're friends. I think we should be friends." But uh, can you, know, you watch my son while the mob's trying to kill me? Thanks. And one, she actually kind of reacts in fairly extreme ways to certain things. Maybe even a bit. Maybe a bit much. Mm-hmm. There's a part because Jogolev. Not to his to the credit of his character. Joe, this is strange. It's very movie like because like Jogolev figures out pretty quick that it's the, essentially the mob is yeah. threatening to kill his mom if she yeah. doesn't do this thing, and he's like, "You not you're actually gonna do what they say, mom? <laughs> yes, yeah, you're amazing. not gonna take a principal stand, and, and you're kind of like, like Jogolev. Like, they're gonna kill you she, and her. Yeah. She says they'll kill me, and he goes, he's like, I could whatever. Take it. And she's like, she's like, <laughs> you could take it. They're gonna kill me, and he's and you're like, you're like, what? What can I? Yeah, I don't know. It's just a. But there's but there's a part when uh, yeah this is this is it and where she's getting frustrated with him kind of like not not getting the gravity of the situation or this is what Demi Moore says to choke her lip. son her son you talk to anybody you talk to anybody about this and I will beat the shit out of you and then he's like ah, mom and he's like and enough of this crybaby bullshit nice. <laughs> you're like Jesus I was into this and then like and then like later on when she's talking to the the friend who lives in Guatemala and she's like you gotta fucking take care of him dude I gotta go back there and you it's it's on you. And you're like, you're, I don't know if this is the way to treat people in this situation. He's doing yeah. a big favor for you. I liked that. Uh, I like the scene where she yells at the kid because my my question during the whole first half of this movie was like, just do what they say. Like, just yeah. do it. Who? Who? What do you got to lose? It's all well, well and good in like a hypothetical situation to be like, but the moral quandary or whatever. Like, they're threatening to kill you, and right. and then like the people, like the DA or whoever, are yeah, not Lindsay really. Krause. They're not yeah. really on your side either. Yeah. They don't. They can she's give a the, fuck whether the you live FBI or die or whatever. There's a, that, that other. There's a scene with Lindsay Krauss that made me laugh too, because like we've all seen scenes in movies where the feds are like, we're trying to, we need to get you to work on our side, and the mm-hmm. people are like, I can't because reasons or whatever. The mob guy's gonna kill me. It, like. Usually in those scenes now, or you, it's like the feds are very dry because mm-hmm. that's their job. But Lindsay Krauss is giving; she's like, "Can I give a performance here?" And she's like, "She's like <laughs> in, giving an impassioned speech to her about why she should help them out." And the she moral seems clarity very of into the it. And I'm like, I don't think that a fucking FBI agent would be. She would be like very. She would be very matter yeah. of fact about it. It just made me laugh. The first half, which was like, like the only time I laughed during the whole fucking movie. <laughs> so. I laughed at some of Baldwin's dialogue. Baldwin is funny. No, no, Baldwin is funny at times. He's, he's got that line where he's threatening to kill uh, Oliver, the kid, in, in Guatemala. He's like, Oliver will die. We can't do anything about that. When it gets to the end and he's, uh, and he's, the mob is like gonna, is gonna kill him and he like, and he turns into a super killer and kills <laughs> yeah. all of them. I, I laughed. That I laughed. Great. That scene was great. I was like, okay, well. Look at your father. This, Check him out now. This movie's yeah. almost over. Yeah, he blows up the mob, but he like kills the mob. Yeah. So he, he kills is, he the actually, whole mob. He, he Mona DeMarkovs like, them. He Mona DeMarkov. He, they would be a good team. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> the teacher and Mona DeMarkov. There's a there's a scene and this turned up a bunch in the preview. I remember pretty vividly where he's he's got her in the car and then he's also got another guy that he's oh, trying yeah. to get rid of in the back seat who's yep. drunk already. Yeah. And then he like gives him a baby bottle full, yeah, of, full like, of like a poison yeah. or the knockout night night juice. And then the guy's in the back and then he's like he's, so while Demi 
he's in the car, he's going to stage this guy's death. Well, he's given a whole speech about how you, you were in this car with this drunk guy. I'm driving the. I'm. Yeah. He's driving the car. Who's driving the car? And Gandolfini's in the car too. No, Gandolfini's not in the car. It's just the three. It's just the three of them. It's just the three of them. And uh, and well, Gandolfini's and, in the next scene though. Shit. Yeah. He, he's like he's the, like following. He's like following. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so and Baldwin's laying out. He's he's got like a, right. a twisted Nietzschean philosophy or something like that. I don't know what it is, but he's like, I bow to fear. It's terror that teaches me my shape. <laughs> And then he's like, <laughs> will the, when, it, when it all comes down, will the gray suit save you? Who will protect you? And then he's like, so, now tell me what, that you're going to help us. And yeah. she's like, I'll be, again, again. And at this point, he's like driving in the car towards Jogo Lev, who's like on, on his, his bike, bike and yeah. stuff. And it's like, the you know, the quintessential, you know, suspense scene yeah. of the movie. Good he's stuff. Gonna, he's going to kill the, he's going to run, run his son over. And, and Baldwin's digging into it. Yeah. And he's going for oh, it. Yeah, he's, it's, it's just, there's nothing there. No, there's nothing there. He's doing the best he can. He, he yeah. like, but it's uh, enough for me. Uh, I was into that. I mean, I enjoyed that part of it. I kind of went into these, because I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of Baldwin in general, but I think I went into these thinking like, eh, and especially this one going like, fuck, yeah. this is a courtroom movie, first of right. all. Right. So fuck that. But then also I'm like, oh, Baldwin's going to be, and then, and then it turns out Baldwin's really fun. In. Yeah. Like he's having a good time with like this thin bit of string he has to play with. Uh, but then they drive. I like that scene, the next scene after that because they drive. They go to like a I like quarry. How they, but he tunes the like guy, a, and he like pull, put drives that guy off the cliff in this co- in his car. He like sets him up in the yeah. And to me, more is rightfully like sort of horrified. Like Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. And James Gandolfini is kind of like that's when he's like, look. Uh, just do what he just says. Do what, just do it with a mob wants and it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's weird because the movie has these two halves. Like the first half is is predicated upon how she's like going to do this jury tampering yeah. thing. And you're like, just, just do it. Just do just it. Just do it. And then that part of the movie ends. The yeah. guy gets acquitted. And now I have to deal with the second half. Fucking that, hour that, of it. That is an hour into yeah, it. It's an hour into the Super movie, weird. and then the rest of it is he's obsessed with her, so he just keeps fucking with her. And, yeah. he's, and he kill, and then he kills. That's the when mob, he kills Anne Hayes. Kills Anne Hayes. Yeah. And, he, and you're kills like, the whole mob. Yeah, and it was. And he finds he. She takes her son all the way to Guatemala, and he finds her. He yeah. finds him there. He, he finds fig- him with this ridiculous hacking thing where he just out. like types in like who's on an airplane right now. It's basically like the movie's going like he uses computers well, yeah. to do it. I don't know. But then he looks at books and he goes like he sees the picture of the guy yeah. and he looks up the costumes from that area oh, or the outfits and he like goes oh it's from this specific job. area and so he knows exactly where where he is and so he hunts him down to or he hunts he's hunting her him down and then she chases after him right um and it was a shootout and stuff. I mean, the last part had some action, so it was kind of exciting. But it was also in Guatemala. Like, they lure him into a Mayan temple, and the police yeah. execute him. They go- <laughs> no, I think it's no, just the, villagers. No, it's just the villagers. That's right. It's the villagers, it's the and, then she, and then she shoots him like six Cause, more times. Because he chases after uh, Jago Levin. He goes into the temple, and he thinks it's him, and it turns it turns around, and it's like a dude, just yeah. a dude with a dudes gun, with guns, and then a bunch yeah. of other dudes come out with guns, and they're like, oh, he's like, oh, wait a second, and then they actually he, like, pulls the gun actually, out, and they like blow him, they blow him away. Yeah. The exact line is like when he goes into the temple and he think and he's like he thinks he's cornered uh, Jogo Lev yeah. and then uh, all the villagers come out with their guns and he actually says what is this a fucking zoo? Yeah. <laughs> he's a bad guy. He 
they they shoot him a bunch, but he's still not dead. And then Demi Moore's gonna shoot him, and he's like, "You're not gonna shoot me." And then she shoots him. Yeah. Well, they have to do it in the in the in this way that's happened a number in a number of movies where she yeah. can't just blow him away. Yeah. He's like got a gun in his sock, yeah. and then he like pulls it right. out. And then she shoots him because they don't want to. They can't just have her shoot him because like that's what she should do. Yeah. And that would be right. It's kind of dumb. But it, the whole thing where he's supposed to be obsessed with her is just it's 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 in the narrative, but you don't I don't buy it for a second. No, no, it doesn't make any it doesn't, sense. It doesn't work at all. Yeah, it doesn't work at like all. Right before she shoots he's, him, he's doing it. Yeah. he's still thing. even doing it right before she shoots him. If you shoot me, you and I will be bonded forever. Yeah. Like he's ta- okay. he talks like that, and all. He's, he has this like weird flowery psycho it, dialogue. This had to be thicker in the novel. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, the novel might be shit. Who knows? But it, it seems like it it's, seems like the kind of thing that was pulled out of the story at some point yeah. by like numerous shitty rewrites. It seems like there maybe was something there, but also this is just airport novel yeah, garbage. Yeah, it's, it's and garbage. It's just yeah. like it's just like yeah. it's like hack, you know, uh, Grisham esque shit. Yeah. That's like who care? Who the, it's like the writer typing? Who cares? Who yeah. cares? Who cares? Who cares? Over and over yeah. until the book's done. Like someone will read this in three hours on their flight from Cincinnati to wherever. <laughs> The end. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. It, now, like, from, you, and now you can watch it in two hours on your flight from Cincinnati to wherever. From the beginning, it just doesn't. I'm just like, ugh. It like so. There's so nothing going on except Baldwin is fun, and I always enjoy seeing Gandolfini. Yeah, Gandolfini. You know? And uh, that's that's like kind of it. Yeah. I was surprised to see Anne Heche in it. And I was even more surprised to see her like sweaty and naked and having to commit suicide. Yeah. <laughs> and constantly talking about getting laid, like to whoever will listen. Always, just always talking about getting fucked. Yeah. The friend in the movies at this time was always like, "We gotta get laid. I gotta. Oh, I'm not getting laid right now. That's bad. but I'm getting laid now. finally. Like, and then, just and then always eventually like they get fucked and killed by the it's by the bad guy. Yeah. Except uh, except Alyssa Milano. So Milano. Fear. No, she it, survives. She survives, but she but suffered bad. a pretty awful fate anyway. That's pretty <laughs> no, terrible. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah. Look, it didn't go well for her but she didn't no. die she, no, she didn't, didn't die. die you know that's she didn't I, was, something. I was shocked she's got that going for um, her um yeah so anyway i don't yeah i, I, guess. I, was, I was like i was indifferent while i was watching this movie and I feel i'm i'm i enjoyed so it now. at the time but i am more indifferent to it than i was when i just when i, I enjoyed it. baldwin here and there yeah. like i said that scene where he's there they're like bob's gonna whack him so essentially yeah and then he like turns the tables and kills all of them <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like okay sure uh gandolfini unfortunately dies uh off screen where yeah. you see his, you see him with his throat, throat cut. cut. You're like, oh, because I was like, oh, was he gonna show up again? Yeah, like, no. that's a shame. Demi no. Moore is essentially neutral. She's net. Oh, Demi net Moore neutral. was in it. Huh? She, she's not like she's not making it any worse uh, or any better. I mean, uh, there's a, Demi Moore in general. She's not bad as far as I'm concerned. I've liked her in certain things. She's not good or she's, bad. She's just Demi Moore. You're fucking dead. I did. I did want to go into a to talk about because I think I teased at this a little bit at the beginning. But Demi Moore is in the art world, uh-huh. and she does. You got. I give her this. She does create a kind of art that I have never seen before or since. It's which is of, essentially it's vaguely interesting. Advanced children's haunted house artwork. That's exactly what I said to Molly. It's like, should you just do the thing where you stick your hand it's in a bowl of spaghetti? Thing, it's the thing where you stick your hand in a bowl of spaghetti and they go, "This is a ghost's brains." <laughs> yeah. And then there's peeled grapes in the. But instead, it's like Alec Baldwin because before she knows that Alec Baldwin was a bad guy, he's, he's pretending. Like, he poses as an art dealer. I'm very yeah. interested in your art, and she's like, yeah. "There's some of it over there," and it's like these boxes, and then you like put your hand in it and feel, and it puts you on an experience, and he, and so he puts his hand. He in totally he goes, interprets. She's it like, "Tell perfectly. me, tell me what you feel," and he's like, "It's a keyboard. It's a computer keyboard." But there's sandpaper on the keys. <laughs> what is that sandpaper? Now, you know, it's, it's worse than that. He's like, there's something coarse and rough on the keys. What is that sandpaper? Is that sandpaper. 
And now and I'm now feeling something behind me. A breeze? Is a it a breeze? breeze? Is it a hummingbird? It's a metal bars. It's a cage. It's a bird cage. God, I forgot about this shit. It's a bird cage. And he totally interprets her art like exactly and what it means to her. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's the best scene in the movie. I, I don't think this form of art exists, though. And then he goes. Scene. And that's when he goes. She goes. Uh, he goes. Uh, well, how about this one? And he goes. Oh, I already felt that. One. I already felt that one. Because I was here. I was here before. I was here yesterday. I was the guy who was the shadowy figure in that earlier scene. What you that watching? Had my was... voice. <laughs> that yeah. was me. You didn't I... know that. And the audience did, though. It's just it's just one of those things. And then there's also the part in it when she's when you do get to see the inside, like she's completing one of her artworks, yeah. and you see her putting the top on, and it's just a bunch of goo doodads and, yeah. and a bunch of weird doodads, and she covers, puts a box over it, and it's like it's one of the like it's, it by, couldn't... by the way, she uh, smashes all of her art. Yeah, at then one she point. gets mad and smashes all of it, and you're like, oh no! But like, oh, wait, but with this care. with this art, couldn't oh, she no, just not couldn't she art. just set it back up? <laughs> As, as broken and still put the box on and go yeah. feel it. I don't know. <laughs> There's grapes it, in there or something. Don't yeah. the grapes go bad after it's, a little? Uh, how did she get the bird in there? Like, what's I don't know. It's just hey man, it's, how's, life how's, bird? it's like that lady who has every people uh, sit and look at her. Oh yeah. Did you watch that documentary oh, yeah. now? One? Oh, about I didn't that? watch that one. No, that I, one's really funny. I tried watching some of the documentary of it, and I was like, I can't take this. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the one, the one I can't where take it's, this uh, it's Kate Blanchett doing that, and it's really funny. Okay, yeah, Kate Blanchett's hilarious. I haven't seen I haven't seen the new season. At all. Anyway, uh, juror ratings. Two Juds. Oh, I, I, just oh. a couple. Oh. I, just a couple more lines oh, okay. to to, to point I, out. I, we'll I, no, no, I'm, I'm glad you made lines. I just, we need to move I just, on. I just wanted to I'm point sick, out this, uh, this movie. The, yeah. how Alec Baldwin talks because it's that, that and the art are like the interesting things yeah. about the movie. But yeah. uh, but this is uh, he, he's just got this weird uh, poetic he's got way this of sing song delivery to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's like, how can I ask you to trust me? I might as easily ask you to change the pattern of the stars. <laughs> and that's when he's frustrated. And then at one point he's like, he's talking about the mafia boss, and he's like. Like, let him be a mountain. I'll be a ravine. And then, and then when she's like stringing him along, like to think, like maybe you can, maybe we can be together at some point. He goes, "Do you think I could transform myself into sheer love? <laughs> Do you think I have that power?" This is weird. It's weird. You, you know that he's reading that script, going like, "Yeah, all right, I'll do Fine. it." Fine. I mean, this is the kind of movie that like. Uh, you, they couldn't have made at the time without like a star like right. Demi Moore and yeah, Alec Baldwin. Absolutely, that they you know because that that was that's the selling point was like these two stars are in this movie. Uh, also, like if it if it wasn't Alec Baldwin, then there would be the one good thing about the movie wouldn't exist. Yeah, so yeah. like you know all those lines you're reading, I'm like yeah, this is pretty. Alec Baldwin is pretty fun in a movie that is otherwise just dull as yeah, fuck. Dull. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, you know. All right, so you're. Uh, I'm going with two Juds. Yeah. Uh, solely for Alec Baldwin and for the uh, Anne Hache death scene, which I thought was sufficiently creepy. Yeah, pretty wild. Uh, pretty, pretty unpleasant. Wait, two Juds or two? Uh... Two Juds. Two okay. Juds. I'm gonna give it a Douglas for all of the Anne Hachery as well. Just one. Just yeah, one. It's not that sleazy. That's just it's a little bit of nudity, and it's mostly just her talk. All right. Uh, the sweaty sex scene I thought was more notable for what happens after. And uh, for, like I said, for the weird belt of whiskey that he takes to refresh his parched, <laughs> his parched throat, uh, and I'm gonna give it um, uh, a ten out of ten trips to Guatemala. Man, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it. 
Yeah, two. It's it's a two Judd movie. It'd probably be. It's just it's one of those movies that has that you just have that feeling that nobody was interested in doing it from the onset. Like there was no actual passion behind like from, any aspect of it from the novel to the screen. It's like you're someone like, was like cares. someone was like we need to make some type of movie like this. <laughs> yeah, and well then, the Grisham, and then the director's the like were I'll hot. do it. I, I, they got this script together yeah. and then like somebody got to Demi Moore's agent and like well we got Demi Moore now so now it's a movie now we have to pay sixty million dollars to make this movie. It was just a fucking job for everybody yeah. and it has the and it feels like. It's Totally smells Except like for that. Alec Baldwin, yeah. who is, and I guess it was just a, maybe he was just a hoofer at the time. I don't know. He's very fun in it, so yeah. that's why it gets two instead of one. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it two and a half uh, Douglases because that sex scene is pretty fucking graphic, and there's yeah. a lot of boobs and yeah. a lot of sweat, and it's yeah, it's, it's that's it's, the only part, if I'm not mistaken. There's no other sleaze. Pretty much, that's it's the pretty only, isolated. Like, sleazy part, and even Baldwin's character, even though he's like obsessed with her, isn't like real. Oh uh, no! There's a there's creepy? a part before that sex scene happens where like he where takes her to the club. He, and takes, he, fucks her to her club. he takes her to like a sexy club, and yeah, that was they do a funny. bunch of ecstasy. That yeah. was very. <laughs> he was he a, red he blue pills her. Yeah, it was a very yeah, mid nineties sexy take club. This blue pill. She goes, give me another one. She wants a second one. Uh-huh. Not a good idea. And it's like at this club where like hot buff people are. She's like, she goes, I'm a doctor. I can take it. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's a doctor. I know. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, I'm not a doctor. Oh, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, oh, and I'm going to give it, oh, shit, man. Uh, <laughs> one mountain and one ravine. Mm. Wow. Uh, yeah, two, two Juds does a thing that doesn't, but it just doesn't seem to care any more than I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going two and a half Douglases. Just that, that, in particular that scene, and partly because, like, the way that it's like, they have this, like, wild, sweaty fucking, and then immediately he's like, I'm gonna have to have you kill my kill yourself, yeah. and it's like a real gross. The rest that whole scene is very, very uh, is gross. very gross. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, two and a half, and then oh boy, uh, I'm gonna give it uh, too many, too many Grandmas. excited, too many excited mom and son playing <laughs> video games. <laughs> too goddamn many. They're a happy family until uh, they Alec Baldwin got involved. They are too fucking happy. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's ever been as happy as they are in that scene playing video it's games. It's like they're like a Michael Douglas family before uh, some lady comes and fucks everything up. They're just all wearing white, long white t-shirts. Yeah. I love you so much, Daddy Michael Douglas. <laughs> and I'm a great father. <laughs> I'm the best father. Oh, I'm no, a lady. Only father. Some lady. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, let's get down to the down into the swamps, the bayou, the bayou, if you will. Oh, we gonna get down. We gonna get down bayou. into the bayou. And if you haven't uh, gotten tired of our Alec Baldwin, uh, wait till he does New point, Orleans accent. Wait, just wait till our our bayou accents are New Orleans, because <laughs> this is uh, this is Heaven's Prisoners, and it is bayouy as all hell. It, it takes is. place in Nolens, mm-hmm. and uh, don't and, let it get bayou. Yes. <laughs> when he turned in his badge, homicide detective Dave Robichaux thought he had put away his past. You and me, that's the only thing I have that means anything to me anymore. But just when he thought he was out, Look. trouble pulled him back in. You've got a small twin engine plane crash one mile due north of the Southwest Pass. A diver found a suitcase with a bunch of child's clothes in it. But uh, there wasn't a kid on that plane. Since when does the DEA care about some little kid? Whoever took out that plane wasn't counting on anyone else being on board. They certainly weren't counting on anyone surviving. No one's supposed to see it. Now, to solve a mystery... I throw it all right back in the water, man. He's asking the right people... I am in town to find out about a guy I think he might have come in here. 
a lot of guys come in here. The wrong questions. I hear Johnny Dantes was working for the feds. That make you nervous? I can see in your baby blue eyes you wish to love to take me. And it is a one of those movie New Orleanses where everybody's everybody Creole. Everybody's Cajun or Creole. There's nobody. And there's everybody no, raised by crawdads. And, and, nobody and, nobody's, and nobody's fucking normal. Everybody's some kind of a crook or no, sweaty person who works it's in a all, bar. And, and they all have names like Bubba and yeah. Toot. Toot. They all smoke clove cigars. The most normal name person is what? Candy? And she's, uh, is that uh, Mary, Mary Stewart? There's Robin or, is her uh, name. Robin, okay, yeah. And that's some... Annie is his wife's name. Kelly Lynch is Annie. Yeah, but you know she's doomed from the first shot. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, and Annie's, oh, I forgot to point this out in uh, in uh, The Kelly Juror, because uh, Demi Moore's name is Annie, and throughout, oh, yeah. throughout that entire movie, people say variations of Annie, are you okay? But they never say that specifically. They're always like, Annie, are you going to be fine? Annie, how are you doing? Annie, let me know. How I need to know if you're okay. This is never exactly. And are you okay? And are you okay? Goddamn shame! It's a goddamn shame. It's the thing. It's the I, one thing that would have made the movie good. I wanted to get a screenshot. No, uh, Heaven, happened. Heaven's Prisoners. This. I thought this was. Uh, I Matt likes this more than I think you. I have Travis a soft spot for this movie, and I don't necessarily think it's great, but. What I like about this movie is the like oh, sweaty, overwrought, yeah. like way too overstub vibe of it. This is I enjoy my, it. This is my least favorite of the three Baldwin performances, but I will say the movie because I think he's. I think he's. I like he's, him more in this than in the jury. I think he's. I, th- I think that he's better in the jury, even though it's a much worse movie, yeah. just because he's like it's almost like he's performing against something. But he. But uh, and he's more fun to watch in this one. He's like a real sad sack. But also he's like uh, he seems like he's doing a very lazy performance because he kind of has an accent that's like funny at times. He's like from New Orleans, and then at other times you're like, eh, you just sound like just just pick one, don't do both. But it more than makes up for it with a great fucking weird performance by uh, Eric, Eric Roberts. Roberts. <laughs> Eric Roberts is. A I also treat. think the Scott Frank dialogue in this really goes a long way for Baldwin. He has a lot of lines that I really yeah. like. Yeah, I mean the two the two. <clears throat> b- best I got a lot of lines in this one. I want to do <laughs> two, the oh, two best things in this movie are Eric. Roberts, uh, Eric Roberts doing his his crawdaddy accent in cornrows, by in the cornrows, way. and then just uh, up until just, the very end, and he plays a guy named Bubba Rock. And, <laughs> Bubba Rock. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. he's married to naked. R-O-Q-U-E. He's, he's married yeah. to naked Terry Hatcher. Naked Terry Hatcher. Yeah. Which, I w- if I'd seen this at the time, that would have been when I really wanted to see a naked Terry Hatcher. One hundred percent. They're real was, and they're spectacular. I loved. Yeah. Uh, I loved. Uh, Lois and Clark: The mm-hmm. Adventures of Superman. <laughs> I don't know if I loved it, but I watched it all the yeah. time. I remember that being like a big deal because I used to yeah. watch crap like Entertainment Tonight and stuff like that, and this was what passed for entertainment. Yeah, news. It was like when Terry I came, I was Hatcher like, is Terry naked Hatcher in this naked movie. in a movie, and they showed like the clip, but it's <laughs> yeah, blurred it's out. Blurred out, and I'd be like, "Oh, baby, gotta see Heaven's Prisoners." When that comes on, did you Cinemax? I'm checking that out. Did you like my butterfly? I didn't see it. Sure you did. Sure you didn't. And watching, sure it, you didn't. And I do have to admit, watching this movie again, uh, I because th- I didn't remember if I'd seen it or not before. I remembered all of it up until about ten minutes after Terry Hatcher's naked. <laughs> So I watched it on TV, and then was like, "Well, that's that." And stopped watching. Is that a? Is it Mary Stuart Masterson? Uh-huh. Is the the his stripper, the stripper friend? She's, she's pretty yeah. fun. Yeah. She's good. She's pretty. She's funny. got that good scene she with Terry Hatcher she where they, lot, yeah, uh, yeah. they snark off at each other. She gets a lot of like fun like dialogue to chew on and stuff. She's weirdly impatient with Alec Baldwin for not getting over his wife being brutally murdered yeah. <laughs> quick enough, shotgun well, to death by intruders. You need to get past it. It's like it wasn't that long ago. There's, there's, I don't know if she's. It's not so much get past. There's that part where he she's like cleaning up the room. And in this, I agree she's with cleaning her. Shotgun blasts she's cleaning shotgun blast. She's cleaning. And he's like, "Don't go in here and clean that up." And in this, I agree with her because she's. It's kind of. She could almost be like, "Clean up the, the, the blood, blood of your gross. dead yeah. wife off of everything." This yeah. is pretty fucked up. That's pretty fucked up. 
You guys might have to help me with the plot of this one because it's a little convoluted, and I only I saw it like six eight months ago. Last time I watched it, so I'm, I'm a little hazy on some of the plots. It didn't study. It's that kind yeah. of movie, so where, I, didn't where I, I didn't want to watch it again. Yeah, uh, well, it it does open with uh, Alec Baldwin. He's in, a, he's in an like, alcoholic ex cop named Dave Robichaux. He's and he, three years, but dry. he is in confession. Yeah, as because I ev- want because this is a new a new a movie in New or- a movie New Orleans where mm-hmm. everyone's Catholic mm-hmm. or yeah. or you know voodoo or practices right. voodoo or something, and. <laughs> Uh, and he's like, oh, the only thing I want in the world is a world drink. Is a drink, is a drink. And, and then the priest is, is saying something like, so you're telling me you'd rather, you know. No, he if, goes, take, he, he asks him all drink. about his family. He's yeah. like, are you happy in your marriage if I love my wife? He's like, what about this? Everything, my life is wonderful, but all I want, I would give it all up to drink. He goes, taking, he goes, take, so you're telling me taking one drink would mean that you would lose your job, your wife, your family, and everything. And he's like, yeah. yeah and but then I he still goes, want and he goes, but you still want to drink? He says, yes, I surely do. And then the, whatever. Priest, then the priest goes, go in peace, my son. You are absolved of your sins. You absolved of your sins. And then it fades sins. out and goes, heaven's prisoners. And you're like, Jesus yeah, Christ. He's walking through like, this like moodily lit church <laughs> yeah. and stuff. It's already a little heavy. This is based on a series of novels by a guy named James Lee Burke. Um, and this particular movie is like two books mashed together, which mm-hmm. explains why the plot is pretty convoluted and has like many extraneous avenues. And it's over two hours It's long. over two hours. It's way too it's long. It's too long. Directed by Phil Joanu. way too fucking long. Who directed like the U2 Rattle and Hum movie. Yeah. A movie called Final Analysis, which, which is pretty bad. Which we're absolutely going to do oh, on this so show bad. someday. <laughs> Ugh. No, he uh, directed Three O'clock High, three o'clock which high, I love. Yeah. I've never seen Three O'clock it's High. It's great. Yeah. I don't know if I've we, heard it we can't do it on this. Bunch. No. <laughs> I don't think. I watch other it's movies. more of a comedy. We can watch yeah. other movies besides these ones, right? Yeah, mm. I guess. <laughs> You can watch it on your own time. Well, there he's like a he's like a boat with his wife Kelly Lynch, and then this, this is uh, my favorite part of the movie. Plane crashes, and he like dives in there to but, but, see what's going on. Let's not skate past how terrible this the CGI, CGI plane, plane crash is. It's pretty bad. <laughs> this is 1996. Like yeah, and so they should have done something. It's else. it's not as bad as the uh, Air Force One plane crash. No, they should have just. Oh no! But there's just so much more of that. This this yeah. is over relatively relatively quick. But it is like one of those things where you should have just done it the way that you would have done it in 1983. Yeah, or just something. like get a model or something. Model yeah. something else. Yeah. This is terrible. This is like the because it's the only thing yeah. like that that happens yeah. in the whole movie. So you're just like a fairly us doer looking movie, and then a fucking yeah. cartoon in the sky. Right. Yeah. Anyways, and and so the the plane sinks, yeah. and and to in it like to his credit, this is where you get an idea of what kind of character he is. He's just like I'm going down there to go. He's save like those call people. the coast guard. I'm he jumping in the water. He just swirls yeah. into action. He's an ex cop. Yeah, and uh, and and I like shit like that. I can't explain yeah. why, but I like like undersea people yeah. people in. Uh, scuba There's a bunch equipment. of dead people and shit down there, yeah. and and money, right? Is, uh, well, I don't I think he remember. finds it. He sees some dead people, and then they find a little girl. A little girl that they a dead guy That's with not... a tattoo drifts yeah. up, and and then he comes back later, and then so most everybody's dead, and th- then he looks up, and there's an air pocket at the top, and he yeah. sees a little girl up yeah. there swimming, and I think he handles this incorrectly. He ha- he is already out of like because they, they didn't fill the air air compression tanks before right, they went out, right. and so he's on very little anyways. He's already run out, and then he goes up, and instead of like popping up into the air pocket and going like, "Hello, honey, here's what we're gonna do," he, he just takes. Yeah, her down, yeah. and so by the time that he brings her back up to the surface, she is her lungs are full of water. Yeah, but Kelly Lynch brings her back to life, and uh, and she is from El Salvador, and uh, she's uh, she's been muled in. Yeah, on the airplane. and they adopt her. 
They conceal her existence from the uh, authorities. Yes. Vonnie Curtis Hall is the cop, right? Yeah, I think he's yeah. immigration. Who shows up, and they conceal no, that the girl exists. DEA. He's DEA. Yeah. Oh, is he DEA? Yeah. But he's like, I want you know, if you don't, if you don't look into this anymore, then we won't look into the fact that she's. Then we won't report you to to immigration for immigration. holding the girl. And they they right. adopt her and they name her Alifair. Oh, this is this is a, a yes. funny scene because he because he goes, she goes. Uh, I think we should name him Alifair, and he goes Alifair, and she goes. That was your mother's name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he just smiles, but it's kind of like, yeah, I know my mother's name. <laughs> well, the audience don't. <laughs> it's pretty weird. Pretty great. It's like that. It was like that scene in uh, what was that one with Vigo and like those two people just go oh, the perfect murder. Oh yeah, yeah. That's Michael Douglas and his wife Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> yeah. I oh, hear he's okay. been having some financial trouble at the bank. <laughs> anyway, back to the movie. <laughs> Very weird. Uh, so they bring her in, and yeah. just immediately people are after her. I never actually fully understood what There's, was happen- what the overarching plot it, was. It involves like, mule mules and like drugs. She's- she was involved somehow. It was like they were flying in drugs on the plane as well, and I don't, I don't know exactly. But these guys, these gangsters want want the girl dead. It involves the the mob. Well, nobody. Eventually. There's they they're they're the plane had drugs on it for the local mob, and uh, Terry Hatcher is married to the local one of the local mob bosses, Bubba, Bubba, Eric Roberts. It turns out at the end that she kind of orchestrated the whole thing because she's trying to take over. She's trying to take over the mob, right? Just like Alec Baldwin tries to do in the juror, and <laughs> uh-huh. Monica Markov does in Romeo was uh, Romeo was bleeding, but um, yeah, it's I'm a little I was I've always been a little hazy on how it actually fits together, but I think it's that the the definitely that the mob are after the little girl because they don't want any witnesses to the drug smuggling that's been going on with the airplane. I think that's something. I think that's what it is. And then there's these like sleazy backwater gangsters that are like and trying to get trying to rough up. Well, uh, Terry Alec Hatcher Ra- is the one Baldwin. behind the drug smuggling. Yeah, and she is basically doing like going over her husband's helmet. To the real, to the bigger part of the mob, to right. do all the drug smuggling that Bubba doesn't want any part of, so she has to eliminate all evidence of this, right. and hires a bunch of dudes to go get the girl. They kill Alec Baldwin's wife in the process. But that's like thirty minutes into right. The that's movie a long way into the movie. I'm just trying movie. to hash out the plot of for myself, and it's like, right. and and it, but that's why he gets turned on to Eric Roberts because they're old buddies, and he knows a lot of the henchmen. And he thinks that it's Eric Roberts that was behind it the whole time, but Eric Roberts actually wasn't trying right. to do anything to it. Well, him. he talks to Eric Roberts before that even because yeah. these guys come to get him, and he's like, "What's going on with these guys?" And then like, they also like he's trying, he's like an ex cop, and he's back in cop mode now, trying to figure out what happened, yeah. where who's this girl, and where's she from, and what's going on and stuff. So he he kind of uh, it get incites some of it himself by like digging digging around. Yeah. You know, and then like this shitty bartender at the strip club like calls the calls bad guys on him. There's a hotline you call if people yeah. are asking about this guy, and then they'll go get him. They'll go get da- whoever's da- asking questions. Baldwin has a really good line where he's talking about he's talking about these guys that came out for. He's like, he was one of those guys who were eating light bulbs and pushing thumbtacks into the kneecaps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this was this was what the guy was like as a in their in their when they were in their high school days. Yeah. And I have to tell you, move your kids out of this town if they're if they're if that is a type. 
you know, we're all from New Orleans, so you know the type of guys who are eating light bulbs. It's like if your son tells you that that's happening at high school, you like move somewhere else, move to Idaho or something like that. <laughs> I, like, I, I like the pulp noir hyperbole that's of that dialogue. Crazy. It's very purple. Is hey, he talking- guys, check this out. And then just putting thumbtacks yeah. in his decaps. <laughs> is he talking is about Bubba? I- he's talking about, about Bubba, Bubba, yeah. Yeah, Bubba's kind of a nutbag, but it turns out he's not—he's not all that bad. He's—he's he's way more bark than bite, and he thinks that he's like the. This is Eric Roberts. He thinks he's king he shit. He thinks he's this big mastermind, but he's really just being—being being, totally he being strings pulled by Although Terry Hatcher. It, it is time. again a thing. He's really where, a drunk. Where like he's like it's kind of like uh, the the woman is be- is better than you. Yeah, and then who who's the one who gets punished at the end and killed? Yep. Whoa, the lady. Well, yeah, no, she yeah, is responsible for his wife being blown away. And no, no, but Alec Baldwin stuff. doesn't kill her. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Eric, Eric Roberts, Roberts, Eric Roberts kills yeah. her. Because he's like, you're not in charge. And you're like, mm, well, she was a smarter criminal than you are. Like, you feel like six months later, he's going to fuck up a crime <laughs> and get killed yeah. himself. He's not, he's not like the, the brightest bulb. He Alec Baldwin ends up getting led like it's it's one of those things where he saves this little girl and they take her in and then it, that ends up being a, a move that gets gets him involved in a whole bucket of shrimp yeah, yeah. and and then he's got to like figure his way out of it uh, and like one of the first things that happens is like he, and he lives he li- is literally at one point someone says to him uh, I heard you was back on the bayou selling worms and all that jazz worms worms and all that jazz and I and I'm like and I thought that that was like a term no like, they are and he's literally, literally selling worms he's got a base shop. shop. Yeah. In the body. it's a pretty cool location, and there's actually a lot of really cool on location uh, shots. Oh yeah, it in New looks, Orleans. This movie it looks, looks, looks great, really yeah, but it's definitely movie New Orleans where it's like Nolans. It's like every the locations are great, but it like gives you no idea of what the yeah. town like New Orleans is really like. It's like that. You know, it's like filming. I don't know. It's like filming a Batman movie in in <laughs> in the Bronx or something. You're like, well, not every neighborhood in fucking right. uh, New York City looks like <laughs> yeah. looks like Gotham. You know, everything everything in New Orleans isn't like a gross, sweaty <laughs> dive bar. Yeah, in this movie they are. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and so at one point he gets like uh, accosted uh, by a couple people. Um, I can't yeah. remember the one guy's. The other guy, his initials are Elk. He has Elk written on his belt buckle, yeah. and he looks Eddie Keats. exactly Eddie Keats. He looks mm. exactly like Emerald Lagasse <laughs> to the point where I had to check and see if he was like his brother or something like that. Nope, he just looks exactly like Emerald Lagasse, and he's like, maybe I'll carve off your ears and make you look like a fucking mannequin. Because <laughs> also, this guy beat up this his stripper friend too. Yeah, this is before they gets together with the stripper friend. Right. He goes. He goes. Fuck. Guess what he did to her? He fuck you. And he goes. <laughs> He goes, what you heard me? I said, fuck you, whatever you do to me, I'm going to square. And if I don't, I got friends who will. Uh, God, your New Orleans accent is way better than his in the movie. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's Uh, great. Even the guy Eddie Keats says, he says, yeah, I got news for you. You're still breathing because I'm in a good fucking mood. When you start talking to somebody else's whores, when you start poking your nose and other people's shit, you got to pay the man. Yeah, I love this this purple dialogue. Everyone's constantly talking like this. And so all of this stuff eventually leads because it eventually leads Alec Baldwin to his old. I don't know if they were friends, but they were they just they were growing up other. together. Yeah, they went to the same school together. You know, they used to box together. Yeah, he's like I know he's introduced you. boxing. He's yeah. in a, he's in a boxing ring. We first uh, see Terry backyard. Hatcher, the the aforementioned Terry Hatcher naked, yep. uh, kind, yeah. of, kind of in a balcony of the house, and then he's like in a boxing ring and he's like drinking. And he's and he's Eric Roberts is pretty pretty buff in this. He's look, mad that you won't use ripped. coasters. This is important. He's got a whole thing. He's with mad coasters. that Terry Hatcher won't use coasters. Do you respect wood? Yeah. Terry Hatcher's constantly <laughs> drinking this wood. giant <laughs> thermos of gin, Ricky. Yeah. How dare you interrupt my gin, Ricky? How dare you do State your business. State Just your business. constantly <laughs> offering Alec Baldwin's... Uh, Do you like a drink, Dave? You look a bit thirsty. You look parched. Gin Ricky's. 
And Alec Baldwin's alcoholism in this is it almost... It comes is, back and resur- like, it resurges. It resurges, but not in a way that I was hoping for, because they keep talking about it like it's going to be a, like Popeye with spinach or something right. like that, where it's just it like, kind of is. you wouldn't like it when I, when I have that but, booze going on. No, it's, mostly he just gets wasted and gets the shit kicked out yeah, of him. It, yeah, uh, it's Chekhov's alcoholism, yeah. and you're like, well, this is going to... He's obviously going to fall off the way. But wagon. he doesn't get drunk and then, like, f- like fuck up a bunch of like you pay you're now you're gonna pay now and then fuck up a bunch yeah, of dudes that's what i was hoping for but he, he comes just becomes he tragic. comes to see bubba to find out what bubba's got to do with the plane because eddie keats is one of his guys and he wants to figure out what the fuck bubba's doing yeah and uh and it doesn't i mean you know bubba's just like blows him off yeah and he but he suspects now that terry hatcher knows more than she's letting on too yeah bubba's bubba's kind of like yeah i'll do what i can to help you but also yeah. we we friends we know each other i ain't gonna kill you but we also we you know whatever he, he's like i'm not gonna take this as a huge threat but because we go way back but i'm also we're not friends right. in this situation where he does say one thing that i liked where he's he's talking to him from the boxing ring he's like i got your dream sickle hanging down low <laughs> i don't know what it means <laughs> And then at one point he's talking to him and he's like, I can see on your baby blue eyes you love to take me. Is he talking about his dick? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah. I, think I like Dreamsicle. So he's talking about his dick? Yeah. Dreamsicle. What do you call it? What do you, Dreamsicle. You don't yeah. call your dick a dreamsicle? No, I do. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. We all call our dicks okay. dreamsicles. I thought you were saying you didn't know what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. He's talking about his dick. His dick. His dreamsicle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah he pushes thumb he's hang into it. Down. I, don't I say dreamsicle more often than I say anything else <laughs> when I'm referring to my dick, which is often. <laughs> constantly, really. He's constantly, constantly referring, referring to, your dick. To, to my, dr- your my dreamsicle. dreamsicle. Yeah, your dreamsicle. Uh huh. Uh yeah so, so but and then Bubba the the catalyzing he, incident here is then Bubba goes to his mob people like his bosses and is like you know Dave Dave Robichaud though his bosses are like who's this cop who's been sniffing around our operation and he goes <laughs> he goes Dave Robichaud drowned in a bottle and went into the swamp to sleep it off and then his boss goes he may have been asleep but that was before you dropped the fucking plane on his head and woke him up. Yeah, and who and who is this guy? I recognize this main mob boss. He's, oh, an, he's just a straight up Italian mob boss. He just boss. plays yeah, a mob boss. Yeah, he's yeah, in yeah. tons of shit. Yeah, You'd yeah. recognize him. He's I believe. Very... I, is it not Remo Gaggi from Casino? Yeah, he's I think definitely it is. Yeah, in he's casino. in Casino. Yeah, he's yes, yeah, it's Remo Gaggi who was a fucking degenerate gambler who always <laughs> lost. Uh, yeah, it's the guy who plays the the main boss in Casino. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, I mean. This whole this whole movie is like just you guys just describing the plot right now. It was I was glazing over yeah. a little because like it's it's all atmosphere. It's kind of boring. The good stuff in the movie is like just like that. I mean that scene where they come to kill and they kill his wife. They come to kill him, but they kill her they instead. Kill her. Is pretty is pretty well done because it's like I like the the lighting and it's like just like yeah. it's you know spooky. And they're trying and then they're also gonna they're also are trying to murder this little yeah. girl. They. Uh, but uh, but the big catalyzing moment is, is is he's just stirring up a whole he's just stowing up a whole lot of crawdaddies and he's mud <laughs> muddy in the bayou up and so <laughs> and so uh, Victor he's stirring up a whole pot of cum- you, you, gumbo. you stick your hand in the gate of mouth she gonna snap she gonna snap <laughs> at it got yourself a snapping toilet by the tail you better ha 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 ho you got the right ha ha but the wrong ho ho <laughs> anyways uh, he's, he's these just, mob boys are gonna dance all over your head and go cock a doodle do I do wish the movie was now you're saying that I mean. The movie does have a lot of like fun dialogue like that, but I wish it was more like that now yeah. because I like them. There's good becomes, stuff coming. The movie becomes tiresome at some point. I was kind of like, it's too fucking long. It's too, it's yeah. too, it's too much too. It's too, yeah, it is. It's too many things. Whereas when I'm, I 
I was lost in the plot at some point, but just kind of like looking at the movie still like, eh, yeah. stuff's happening and he keeps getting beat yeah. up every other scene. So I don't know. I guess the movie's... Uh, to me, the movie works like solely on the strength of the, the dialogue and performances and the atmosphere. Like I couldn't yeah. even tell you. But action, when you, when you say that it's based on two books, yeah. that makes me... Go, yeah, there, it's, there's two books worth of plot in here. Oh, for sure. There's like, a, a full-on action scenes in it and they're pretty well staged mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Including a... Uh, the, the, we'll talk... We'll, we, before we get to that, we got to talk about the catalyzing moment in the movie that happens about 40, 45 minutes and well, when kill a his wife. bunch of sh- guys with shotguns yeah. go in and they blow away his wife and you're like, Jesus Christ, he's yeah. already kind of a bummer character and he becomes more of a yeah. bummer. And he starts drinking point. right away. Yeah, falls way- falls right <laughs> off the wagon. And uh, he's got a guy who works in the bait shop with him who's like his buddy. Yeah. And it's also the guy who Bruce Willis blows away in uh, The Last Boy Scout. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's the guy who's like, slap right. the thigh and ride it, slap the thigh yeah. and ride the you wagon. You're pretty funny about a guy, for a guy about to take a bullet. <laughs> After fucking your wife, I'll take two. Yeah, that's his buddy, and so and so as soon as as sure as as soon as Alec Baldwin's wife is blown away, yeah, hit by a shotgun to death, about thirty shotgun blasts, and then like two days later, he's he's got a bottle of beer and he's drinking. The guy's really disappointed in him. It's kind of like, dude, <laughs> let uh, him have one. Let drink. him do what he's got to do. Let him have a few ba- days of drinking. It's pretty bad. Yeah. It's a bad situation. <laughs> she got like murdered hard. She got fucking brutally murdered not that long ago, tw- forty-eight hours ago. And so now he's hell bent on. But before we get to that, we get to the hellbent stuff. My favorite scene in the whole movie is like this: is this scene where Alec Baldwin's like, "I gotta go have me a bender," <laughs> and he like brings some beer and he gets onto his boat and he goes out into the middle of the bayou, yeah. and then he like spins around yeah, in the boat, circles, smoking a cigarette and like passing out in his boat. And it's like, <laughs> on the, and the camera's like super close to his face for a lot of the time, and it looks pretty cool. But then it like cuts to a long shot of it happening, and I laughed out loud. It's just <laughs> like this. He's boat just going, ripping donuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And you're like, okay. Uh, but anyways, he, he cleans yeah. up. And like He gets, he gets his ass kicked again. He cleans up, goes out for revenge. And, and at a certain point, he's chasing down Toot. Yeah. Well, first he goes to see Bubba again because mm. he thinks Bubba is behind the right, murder Bubba's of his on wife. the boat. And yet, this is my favorite line in the movie, so I got to talk about yes, this one. Yes, I laughed out loud. Because he goes, he's talking, to, he's talking to Bubba, and he's like, I didn't have anything to do with it, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, you fuck, don't fuck with me. You fuck with me. He says, you fuck with me. You fuck with hundreds of people. Do you, do you understand me? And he goes, my wife had to be buried in a closed casket. I want you to think about that for a minute. Now I'm going to find those two men. And when I do, I'm going to squeeze them extra hard. And if your name comes out of either one of their mouths, I'll be back here to feed your sorry fucking ass to the shrimp. To the shrimp. I don't think shrimp Beautiful. Eat, I think shrimp eat algae, not so much yeah. sorry fucking asses. <laughs> Maybe you got enough shrimp, or maybe it's that like usually we eat shrimp, so he's gonna feed him to shrimp. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you're so lowly that you'd be, be getting eaten, you're by, get shrimp. eaten by shrimp. We usually so, eat shrimp, and we yeah. eat shrimp. You see, you, you catch my metaphor. Do you know what I'm talking about? Does anybody? What does anybody? <laughs> what does anybody ever say to anybody in this movie? How does anybody carry on a conversation? It's, I can't understand it's what anybody says. It's basically another fucking planet. Uh, but this this leads to him. He finds Toot. Yeah. And and this is a really cool. It's action. a really it's good like scene. A foot chase. And they mm-hmm. and it's really well lit. And there's like real like lovingly shot gets slow the, motion the shotgun blast. Stuff. They get on a streetcar, and this is amazing because we like about six months ago watched a movie an action movie that was shot the year before this called body count mm. with uh, robert davi and mm-hmm. sunny shiba and uh, they get in an, an action scene on this exact same streetcar that happens oh, cool. in a lot of similar sort of mm-hmm. way and i would like to point out in this movie sorry for the digression but in this movie robert davi kicks sunny shiba's ass <laughs> yeah and then he like rubs it in too and he goes like you should have learned boxing he says that to sunny <laughs> shiba Jesus Christ. 
This is a real hilarious. thing that happens on this same streetcar. Anyways, this action scene is really cool. <laughs> I like when he finally catches up to Toot. Toot's got a gun. He's like, drop a Toot or I'm going to park one in the back of your head. Yes. <laughs> but there's like amazing shit when like, in, in, where first, in, a couple observations. First of all, Toot is probably fatter than I am mm. and he's way ahead of Alec Baldwin Big the man. whole time and you're kind of like, Toot is in good shape or Alec Baldwin is yeah. like drunk in this scene. And then, they're, but they're jumping like from rooftop to rooftop yeah. and there's some really cool stunts uh, where you're like, oh, that guy, some guy really jumped from that one rooftop to another. It's pretty amazing. Uh, but he ends up, he, catch, he catches Toot and then Toot dies or whatever. And that scene's done. And then uh, Fondy Curtis Hall is kind of like, I going, are you, is this what you're doing? Stop doing this. Stop getting revenge or whatever. You know, the cops generally got to do that sort of thing. <laughs> right. Uh, and then the, what, what happens after that? Then it kind of swirls into Endgame. I don't know. Then he goes and gets some other guy, and well, another thing happens. He's got to try. <laughs> First, he finally gets a lead on the dude who is uh, who was the actual gunner who one who killed his wife, uh-huh. Victor Romero, and he's the bus driver from Speed, by the way, played by the oh, bus wow. driver from Speed. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, and you know he goes after that guy, and that guy's like uh, basically hunting him back. Yeah. He, they, there's a, there's a really good scene where they're on the phone. They're, they're having a phone conversation, and he's like, they're kind of threatening each other. His name's Victor Romero. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. And he goes, uh, what did he say to him? He goes, uh, I hear you want to cut a slice out of my ass like I'm responsible for every crime in Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, that's a good... You're that's, saying I'm killing people on airplanes and bathtubs, going around the quarter telling people I should be looking over my shoulder before something heavy falls on me. You hey, there? He says that, and then he also admits to killing yeah, his he, wife, he too. He totally it's admits pretty, to doing it, yeah. Pretty weird. It's great. Weird gambit. <laughs> and so you know that this building up to a showdown between these two, and then and that happens, and it's all happening in decrepit New Orleans buildings yep. where there's like holes between the holes and <laughs> yeah. roofs, and people floors are looking are, yeah. floors are falling. There are no decent floors. Like rays of light with like dust being shown through stuff. It's yeah, all nobody very... ever took the curtains down anywhere. No, it's so <laughs> New Orleans. It looks like the same sets that they shot uh, Streetcar Named Desire on, or something. Yeah. It all takes place in that like Bourbon Street neighborhood or whatever it is. It looks great. Bourbon it's really Street. cool. And then, uh, and then he kills that guy. And then, when the guys, when Victor is dying, he's like, "Who, uh, you know, who's in charge, or who let you off the leash, or whatever it is that yeah, he says." Yeah. And the guy kind of just goes like, "Ah." <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, that helps. I can't remember how he figures it out, but he finds. Uh, well, he-, he tracks the guy down in a in a uh, fuck. I forget exactly where it is, but. Right, when, but after he kills him, he looks on the table, and there's coaster that's rings right. on the table, yes. and he realizes it's from the goddamn Jin Rickies. It's from the Jin Rickies, and that's when he realizes that Terry Hatcher was behind the whole thing. Uh-huh. And then he goes uh-huh. and tells, basically, tells Bubba that that's what's going on, and then uh, Bubba confronts her and kills her. Yep. Yeah, and then that, and then like he goes back, and so this this all and happens. the whole time also he's been falling in love with the stripper girl, Robin, the stripper girl, Mary Stuart and, and but she's been kind of like you need to you know get over your wife. get over she's stop drinking she's some it's, issue with him. It's more like that she's like not getting over his wife, but like maybe don't be self destructive. Yeah. she's mad that he's going around trying to get revenge uh, for the guy people blowing away his yeah, wife and, and basically become a surrogate, another surrogate mother to this little girl who yeah. he's abandoned basically because no one's home. So he gets so he gets <laughs> home to his to his uh, house and she's left the note and I guess she's left. Yeah, I yeah. Know, that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And she's gone. She's gone. And that but the the little girl is still there and he like lays in bed next to her and then she turns around and like wraps her arms around him and it's and Lena Olin like, and you're like oh and god it's Lena, you're like oh no. <laughs> Oh man, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the camera just sort of pans back, and he looks sad, and, and that's the end the of the end. movie. It's a very it's a drag. It's a very doer ending. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a drag. A, it's a, a lot a of this movie is a drag. Convoluted downer. 
It's yeah. It's as, action, as you were talking about it just now, I was like, I'm I was getting tired yeah. just listening to the plot because it's so like. And then he goes here, and then he goes, and I'm just like, oh boy, there's no there's no way they could have made this uh, a little more streamlined. <laughs> I as, guess I guess not. As I see it, the charms of this movie are like the fun. Di- the dialogue is fun. Mm-hmm. I love and it. And then these yeah. action scenes are fun, and they're and then it's like these cool action scenes shot in New Orleans. It's fun, and then a bunch of the movie is like a lady's being blown away with shotguns, and Alec Baldwin being sad, and, and yeah. you're like, I don't. That doesn't work with the what the kind of like the attempts well, the, at it being like a wrenching drama or don't square no. with the, the joys of the movie. No, no. they don't. It's the, weird. I mean, and then again, it's too fucking long. The scene with the scene with where she gets killed is really good. Sure. But I mean and but I mean like the aftermath and the before math are him being like a bummer to be around. Yeah. It's like the opposite of his character of of him in the other two movies we did we just talked about. Yeah. Where you're where it's Alec Baldwin like gleefully chewing into just some fucking like good pretty good stuff in malice and then just going like i guess i'm just gonna run with what i got in the juror but just like having fun and this one you're like he's like this guy is about being sad (laughs) (laughs) oh boy oh good so uh, that's gonna be fun to watch (laughs) i don't know i yeah it's and and i I obviously don't have a problem with a movie being sad or whatever it's just it didn't it, it didn't fit with what was fun about the movie it felt at odds yeah, with yeah. what do I what I, I think that him and the end shot with him and the little girl like is a weird button yes that the movie doesn't quite earn well, the movie yeah. the movie has like a lot of cool stuff going on in it but it doesn't quite you're like no like at the end I kind of like no I don't I don't buy this shot right. being the last thing that we see where it's like yeah right the little girl and stuff yeah yeah but you know, there's I, you know, a lot of fun performances. To me, the in fun it. comes from all the atmosphere and the idiosyncratic dialogue and stuff like yeah, that. Exactly. I like. I saw this movie in the theater when I was a teenager, and I was into it at the time, and I just sort of still am. I I, I can't really justify it. I just still find it very entertaining in I, in that way. I like the, you know those guys when those guys get him out in the swamp and mm-hmm. they're like you know all the all the tough guy shit and every yeah. scene like where he beats people up in bars yeah. and shit is great. Eric Roberts is fun to watch in Eric it. Ro- There's a funny scene where Terry Eric Hatcher Roberts, is pretty fun in Terry it too. Funny even in it. even in the non-nude scenes yeah. where she's like she's trying she's to so seduce drunk. him in the in his truck oh, or whatever. Dave, what are you doing, and she Dave? Like, she like pulls her shirt open and puts his hand. Yeah. I think I broke a rib and this puts his hand on her, beat me. on her yeah. bo- on her boob and. Uh, and he's like, he zips her right back up. Zips her up. <laughs> she's all drunk. Everyone's drunk all the time. She's like, yeah, she's like a little tips the whole time. I love it. She's a little tipsy the whole time and a better criminal mastermind than her dumb husband. <laughs> right, sure. <laughs> there's a there's a funny, like another one of those like local color types of, type of scenes where Eric Roberts, like Alec Baldwin's about to leave a bar and Eric Roberts punches him right yeah. in the face. And then they get in a knockdown, knockdown, drag out fight. And you're like, holy shit, this is really intense. And then at a certain point, they both kind of go like, yeah, I really got you on that one, didn't you? Yeah, yeah you sure did. <laughs> and then, they do some and then they're drinking. like, let's have some drinks. And you're like, these old, these old boys. Also, it's worth these pointing good out old boys that um, the uh, guy has, that guy, the shitty crook, whatever his name, Keats or whatever, yeah. he has monkeys. Emerald Lagasse. He, he has monkeys at the bar and he's yeah. yelling at them all he, the time. Emerald Lagasse is eventually killed by being in the bathtub and having a toaster thrown into it. Yeah, yeah. we don't see it. We just he goes later, Malik Baldwin at one point goes, right now I'm thinking your head looked pretty good as a toilet brush. <laughs> <laughs> That's, well, there's a lot of lines in this movie. Ah, I love it. Yeah. If you haven't got, if you haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> 
Uh, I just had one one other line that I wanted to share. It's not particularly sleazy or anything, but this is when Alec Baldwin is he's towards the end and he's getting to the bottom of it and he's bracing this. Uh, I think it's the bartender from the beginning who's mm-hmm. in jail now, and uh, but the guy says this is what he's ta- he's talking about his situation and he's like, I'm floating around on an ice cube that's melting in a fucking toilet, <laughs> and then Alec Baldwin goes, That's a nice metaphor. <laughs> Like that's the, the movie had to compliment itself on its own writing because when you think about it, that is pr- a pretty nice metaphor. Good job. It's, it's pretty evocative. <laughs> the movie had to stop for a second to go like, "Damn, that was a good one." Mm, it's pretty good. Uh, ratings? Uh, I'm gonna give this three and a half Juds. God damn. Sorry, mm-hmm. I, I like it. Uh, you, you should be sorry. <laughs> I, the, the last time I watched this earlier this year, I was like, "I'm sure I won't like this as much. I'm sure it's not as good as I remember." And and by the time it was over, I was like, "You know what? I." I just like it. I have a soft spot for it. I can't explain it. Yeah. The I've always liked Baldwin. I like when Baldwin says goofy tough guy shit. The fluctuating accent only makes it sweeter to me. <laughs> so No, uh, don't get me wrong. I think that the fluctuating accent is funny. Yeah, it's fun. I just think that it's also like indicative of how I feel about a sure. lot of Alec Baldwin performances, which is that I feel like he just sort of shows up and goes, so I kind of just talk my lines, yeah. and then I can go home, right? Like He seems like almost angry. It feels like you can actually like, tell the order they shot the movie in, where he's like, yeah. at the beginning he's trying, and then by the end he's like, no, nah, I'm just Alec Baldwin now. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it two uh, Douglases for all the Terry Hatcher stuff, uh, and how easily he seems to slide into a relationship with another woman, yeah. <laughs> despite his raging. I uh, live here it, now. It's, I live here now. I feel like it's implied that they had a thing. before. Oh yeah, they're exes. Like yeah. that they. Yeah. So they. So it's absolutely. Not, you know, um, but it is because she knows his wife. Yeah, it they is know shortly after they. Uh, yeah, his wife was blown away by a million shotgun blasts. Uh, and I'm gonna give it. Uh, 10 out of 10 thumbtacks and my kneecaps. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was going to go with 10 out of 10 cornrows, but I went with thumbtacks. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Uh, I'm going to give it I'm going to give it two and a half. I'm on a, in all honesty, somewhere between two and a half and three Juds. Um, it's it's like the fatal thing is it's too, it's fucking, too fucking long. long. It is two hours and it's 2.15. It's like yeah. 2.20 or something. And, and it felt like three. It like it was because it, it's so it's one of those labyrinthian crime plots and that can't be. Yeah, you can't, can't sustain mm. that. It gets tedious and exhausting and that's the main problem. None of us can even really remember what the yeah, hell. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I just watched. I watched it on not too long ago. Like I watched few, it last I night. I watched it a few days ago, and like you guys were describing the plot, and I was like, I fucking don't remember what. And I thought I would remember the juror less than this, right? But the juror has like one thing in it, yeah. so I guess that makes. But this was, I was like, oh yeah, that's the fucking plot. Oh. But it, ah, and it, but it doesn't have and it, like a lot of those movies that who have those com- complex plots will have this ending that is like feels definitive and you're like okay well I may not have might not have understood what was happening right. but I do understand how it's ending well pretty and clearly they wanted to make more of those books yeah and th- and this one doesn't have that it's just sort of like oh I guess Terry Hatcher was the bad mm-hmm. guy at the end um, but but again Alec Baldwin has a funny act everyone the, the dialogue is fun. The the setting is great. The action scenes are well done. It's got it's a good looking movie. It's a handsome movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, too too goddamn long. Uh, I'm gonna give it uh, two Douglases. I mean Harry Terry Hatcher's famously naked, but that's about it. <laughs> uh, that's about as far as the movie goes. And but like her two, she has two <clears throat> character traits. One is uh, secret criminal. Two is slut. So. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Three. 
butterfly tattoo. Uh, yeah, well, I feel like the... that goes with slut. Do y'all like my butterfly tattoo? <laughs> yeah. My little old butterfly tattoo? Because even even the stripper character is like, that's trash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a scene where both of the where both of the ladies are are calling each other trash. <laughs> it's yeah, great. Yeah. One little little trash, one upsmanship. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Uh, and then I'm gonna give it uh, ten buckets of ass eating shrimp. Mm. <laughs> sorry ass to the shrimp. Sorry ass to that shrimp. Uh, two and a half Judds. I can't <laughs> go any higher than that. It's it's too long and I've it's too much. I just warm it bore it wore me out in a boring half a, a, half a Judd for every thirty minutes. Kind yeah. of it like it like wore me out in like a way where I was just like, hey, come on, it's just. Over. Okay, yeah. I get it. Oh, is he going to start drinking again? I don't fucking care. I literally don't care at this point. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Is he drinking again? I stopped paying attention maybe for a few minutes. But I wish I I do wish I lived on the bayou so I, if I ever like had a real uh yeah. lost weekend I could go out on a boat and spin around. You think if you live on the bayou <laughs> it makes you good at saying cool shit? You better. Gosh. Only one way to find out. Because it's like, there, there's also or you become a equally, idiot. equally dipshit awesome dialogue in Hard Target, too, which, you know, has a lot of the same stuff. <laughs> My mama took one. My mama took one. Whiskey make the jackrabbits smack the bear. Um, <laughs> well, that's, that just makes sense. <laughs> two, two Douglases. Terry Hatcher is naked in this. But for a movie that's you can't like, deny it. For a movie that takes yeah, place like, in, like... They s- totally sold this movie on her being naked in, like, in sweaty Nolans. Like, it is. it should be... You feel like it should be sleazier than it is. Yeah. yeah. It sh- this should be... And for a movie that's almost two and a half hours long, there's, like, a couple scenes in the strip clubs, but you're also, like... This movie, for all of its, like, overwrought crime plotting and stuff, should also make room for some some, like... Real sleazy scenes or yeah. something. I mean, you're, come on, what do you? What the fuck are we doing here? Why did we introduce Eric Roberts as this <laughs> gross guy, and he he r- barely does anything gross in it? He's yeah. fun to watch, but he doesn't have a lot to to do. Mm-hmm. And two bar monkeys. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to a bar that has monkeys in it. I want like, to go. You want to? Do you want to go to a bar that has monkeys? In a cage up front, or just a bar that has just monkeys? Or I don't around. know, just monkeys. You pony up to the bar, you look next to you, it's Clyde from fucking any which way. It's like, pours you, pours you a scotch. You know, you know go Clyde's going to gonna need a drink because he's been getting he's been beaten, beaten up all day. Death. fucking yeah, day. Right? A bar where it's just monkeys just yeah. racing around the whole time. They're knocking bottles over, and the bartender is like scared. Yeah. And it's like, well, is this your first day? He's like, no, it's like this all the time. He's just married <laughs> and terrified. I would rather go to a bar where like some of the clientele is monkeys and some of its people, and the bartender is a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to a bar where it's chimps, and there's a chance that one of them could yeah. pull your dick off or like <laughs> rip your fucking face off just at the drop of a hat, and then forget that it ever did it. I like, went to I went to a place. Later. Can't wait to eat that monkey. Just rip your arm out of its socket because they're five times stronger than we are. I went to a place in uh, outside of Kyoto when I was in Japan called it's like Monkey Mountain or whatever, and you yeah. climb up to the top and it says like those monkey mountain monkeys, and they have all these rules. Mountain and monkeys. One, and one of them is you've seen them. They're always like yeah. in photos. They're always like in the hot springs. It's those yeah. monkeys oh, with yeah, the bright wow. faces. So it's those ones, and you get to the top, and they have all these rules up the way, and they're like, don't touch the monkeys, don't feed the monkeys, do not look the monkeys in the eye. <laughs> Do not stare at the monkeys. And the whole and then you you're like, haha, and you get there and like they're they're not big, but you're like, I I do not wanna I don't I don't, I don't wanna stare because you, you feel like if I stare at this monkey, it's gonna, it's rip gonna your fucking, fucking rip face, my face off. off. <laughs> and it's small they're smaller than us, but like I'm like this monkey. So yeah, don't look the monkeys in the eyes. This 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 mountain belongs to the monkeys. <laughs> it is it is their monkey. It is their they're, mountain. They're allowing us to be on this mountain. It is their mountain. Don't it's fuck true. around with it. It's them. true. You go in a little building. And it's like you're in the zoo because all the monkeys are climbing around the outside on these caged windows, and they're like looking at you, and you're like, "I'm in the zoo." It's pretty fun. Great. Anyway, 
So that's the closest I've ever been to being in a bar run by monkeys. <laughs> we could go to the monkey pub. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have any real monkeys. It's just quite, a bunch of weird bar rats. It's just not the same. I do like the monkey yeah, pub. Yeah, me too. Everybody go to the monkey pub. Anyway, that's our show for today. Next, uh, next we're doing some uh, Elmore Leonard, uh, trash Elmore Leonard. With a special stuff. guest. Special guest, uh, Spencer the Hoyt. Right Reverend the Spencer right Reverend Spencer Hoyt. Spencer uh, Hoyt. We've got uh, Cat Chaser. Uh, Abel Ferrara's Cat Chaser. Chaser. 52 Jesus. Pickup by John Frankenheimer. And Stick, directed by the star. And starring Burt Reynolds. Burt yeah. Reynolds. I haven't seen a one of these. Yeah. I like, and I haven't heard I of like two of these. Them. Uh, the, I'm going to try to track this down. There's a really long uh, like sort of oral history about the making, and I guess unmaking of Cat Chaser. Because Ooh, yeah, yeah. Like it, was, it was taken away from Ferrara and like all reshot and all this yeah, shit. Yeah. And apparently it's just a lot of gross stuff. It's Peter Weller and very uh, sleazy. Kelly McGillis, but apparently it's just very sleazy. And they wow. hated each other. Yeah. So I uh, can't, wait, can't wait for that. So that's... Uh, uh, that's next time. Um, until then, uh, please sure. please rate a review rate on a review. iTunes. Subscribe, yeah, subscribe, subscribe, rate and review. It really really does help. I can't stress that enough. Yeah, buy it's, some, it's important. Buy some t-shirts. Share it too. I mean, share these episodes. Go if you yeah. like it. Go, go share them around and go. Everybody else, listen to this shit. Deep talk, for anyone. Talk to you. us on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah. We'll we'll respond eventually. We will. Yeah, sometimes eventually. if we don't, sometimes it's because we just don't know. Where, where the, the messages yes, are, they go into Facebook some weird, is a terrible app. They go yeah. into some weird place, and then like a month later, we go, "Oh, there's messages here." So yes. if we don't get back to you right away, it's because uh, Facebook's terrible, and also because we're idiots. Yeah. So uh, don't take it personally. But do try it. But do try to talk to us. Let us know if you have any suggestions. Whatever. Yeah. Share it. Not too many suggestions, though. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear from you. Um, hear from me. So yeah. Until then, uh, the balcony is closed. The suspense <laughs> is killing us. <laughs> Boo. Uh, Bye. Bye-bye.